Blog Talk Radio. The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to 
say they so soft. Don't be thrown off any Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, 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 peace to you and yours. This is Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill. All right, going to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red, momentarily. Peace to the family, peace to you and yours. Settle in, make yourself comfortable. Welcome to another episode of KTL Radio, okay? Definitely have a treat in store for the family this evening, okay? So you are in the right place at the right time to receive a very timely message, okay? Give yourself a round of applause. If you want to share the excitement, okay, share the enthusiasm and share the treats with other people, take this time to uh, share it on your timeline. Let them know that you are here rocking with the best. All right, on KTL Radio, all right, you can tweet it. You can share the flyer on your Instagram. You can pull the windows up and put the speakers in it. You know what I'm saying? You can go tell it on the mountain. You can get on the bullhorn in the soapbox. Do whatever needs to be done, but let the people know that you're here in the building, all right? Okay, welcome back to everybody who joined us. On the previous episode, Friday night's episode, with our brother, Dr. Ali Muhammad from the Revolutionary Black Panther Party, okay? Uh, not the uh, brother that you may have known associated with um, the other organization, but um, a different brother, okay, coming with a different message. Very timely message as well. His brother's campaigning to feed 20,000 people. All right, it's going down this weekend in Miami, the Pork and Beans Project. You know, the uh, housing development out there in Miami, the family is def- definitely in need of some sort of assistance on that side of the planet. You know what I'm saying? Our family down south and, um, plenty of families across the border. So this is an initiative that's going to be continuous. He's calling on people to be representatives in their communities right where you are at. All right, let's get out here, feed people, let's feed the family. All right, that show is in the archive. Check it out. Let me open up the line for my co-host. Call it from the three four seven six five zero. Is this DJ Envy? Hello? Peace. Okay. 
All right. Yes, Ms. Envy, hello? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> peace to the family. Peace to the family. This is Brother Red Pill on the show with my brother DJ okay. Envy, representing Know the Ledge Radio, coming to you live and direct. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. No doubt. Now, yeah, somebody got to check out. I hope my brother, um, Rob Kuz on the line. You know, I would be very interested with getting a cosmological report done on Dame Dash. You know what I'm saying? I want to know for certain and for sure where was his planets when he got to that studio. In the morning of whatever morning that was, when he got to power 105, okay, yeah. where was his Mercury at? Because that is a conversation that has changed the tapestry, okay, of, you know, of the ground, of the reality, of, of, the, of you know what I'm saying, the, 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 the convo that's taking place on these corners, and also, yeah, the barber, you know, digitally, the and yeah, and the, the barber shops, you know what I'm saying, brick and mortar. You know, the digital conversation is one thing, and I'm seeing that's the venue that they are attacking him in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's offended because you got to understand if it's, let's say it's 44 million melanated people here in this country, all right? Yeah. He's talking to 3 million of them that can identify with what he's saying about bossing up, about entrepreneurialism, about being your own boss, you know what I'm saying, about not about calling another illusion. man boss. Yeah, that's calling boss. a man daddy. Yeah, shattering yeah. the illusion of security. These are the same people that are holding on to this concept of the dream of this country, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, the dream... Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, let me do my work. Okay. The dream of this country necessarily is rooted in this whole concept of entrepreneurialism. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily consumerism or being an employee. I don't know where that shit happened. You know what I'm saying? I don't either. Yeah. Like along along know. what timeline that got rubbed, but everybody, everybody else that runs into this country understands the concept of entrepreneurialism. Like the Indians ain't coming here to work for nobody. The Koreans ain't coming in here to work for nobody. The Africans ain't coming in here to work for nobody. China man ain't coming in here to work for nobody. Yeah, but you know like I said, that's post integration, reconstruction. You know, um, the same thing that the brother was on the show Friday break it down. The brother Dr. Uh, Ali Muhammad, you know, uh, programming legend yeah. via. Yeah, via via their media campaigns and stuff like that. That's where that came from. You know, that wasn't a concept that we were embracing prior to integration. We were our own boss. It was it was it was black owned companies. We didn't go out to get a job. We made a job. Two totally different things. You know what I'm saying? We didn't go we didn't go act to be hired. You know, we created our situations and we hired ourselves so we could fire ourselves and retire ourselves, you know what I'm saying? That's when that changed. Dad tells us, a few other elders that I speak to tell us that one of the um, hallmarks of the civil rights 
post-civil rights era was niggas with jobs in corporate America. The same people that spat on you, the same people that fed you that brick, the same people that stick the dog on you, the same people that whooped you out, the same people that you were going to adjust, the same people that never atoned for it, the same people that never got any kind of counseling, the same people that didn't do any kind of reparation, financial, economic endeavors to give back. Those were the people that you gave life and blood, energy to, to for pieces of fiat, paper money that devalues the minute they put it in your hand. And you got taxed for it, but your blood, sweat, and tears, your physical labor was used to build up corporate 500 companies, which had an uptick in production and the bottom line the minute the integration happens when they got those sisters, most of our, our mothers and whatnot, the, 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 the black woman, that, that workforce, when they got them into the um, corporate America structure. So now you got sisters saying that, I said this before, how, miss me with the independent stuff, I, 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 don't, I can't apologize, but they lied to you and told you to choose an independent woman because you kicked the man out of the house, put him on paper, you know, hiding the man under the bed like the elders, like Sister Salazar Ali was talking about. No, this was a generation, this was a generational curse that has never been broken. When they went ahead and created the, um, that welfare system, when they went ahead and created this, the, the situation where the black man could not be in the house, when they systematically removed him, talk about it. And now, I'm not banging on nobody. I'm not banging on a woman. I'm speaking about the conditions, and it's, a both, it's both sexes. So if people can't understand that, I'm going to speak about it from both point of views. Yeah, we, we got to speak about it from both point of views and, you know, just give it, give, it, give it the way that it needs to be done. So like I said, these concepts, brothers running around saying that they're mm-hmm. bosses. It's the saying that they independent women and things of that nature, but you ultimately have a boss. You black power, militant, white man is the devil, black man is God, all of these conversations, but you have somebody who you say, yes, sir, boss, yes, yes, man, boss, you know what I mean? And I'm not banging on nobody. I'm not saying anything because you do what you got to do to get where you have to go. We all know this, but... We've been spinning in this hamster wheel for decades and generations and eons, you know, with this concept. And all I'm saying, this is a 50-year, this is a 50-year concept, family. This is a new concept. Like I said, prior to integration, this necessarily wasn't the conversation that we were having as a people. It was easier. You had mom and pop, black-owned stores, uh, neighborhoods that were actually ours that we owned property brothers and sisters down south farming and things of that nature, cultivating their land, using, um, you know, taking the crops and, and, and creating an e- uh, uh, economical ecosystem. We, you know, so that's, we're going we're gonna to talk about that tonight. I'm, I'm very uh, excited for this show because that's going to tackle the solutions. Nothing to talk about. Cause I, I, like you said, don't bang on the you know. I yeah, you use a lot of energy. I'm listening. Yeah, I could use a lot of energy banging right now, and we could spend three hours and then do a part two on all of the ills that we could recognize or we can identify that our community is going through and all of the hypocrisy just in the conversation, just in the way that we identify ourselves, just in the way that we yeah. label ourselves. You know, I said it's I'm, I'm a boy. Yeah. 
I'm a shot caller. You're calling what shot? Like, where are your shots at? You're missing all of the shots from my stance, from my vantage point. For where Hold I on. See. I said all the shot callers looking shot to me. Come on, B. You playing waters with piranhas, the extraordinary gentleman, the cannery. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, there's a conversation being had, family, and unfortunately, you're not even in the room. You're not. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to this technology, when it comes to the boom of that technology, when it comes to share economy, collaborative economy, uh, uh, disruptor economy. Um, it comes, keep it, let's keep it terrestrial. When it comes to dispensaries, when it comes to Mary Jane, the marijuana, you know what I'm saying? When we talk about that hemp. That hemp, yeah, that like hemp market. The legal marijuana market, the dispensary market, the edible market, wearable technology, virtual, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. All of that shit, like the Apple Watch, that Negroes are going to be running around and line up to get, not realizing that they have an open, they've created an Apple uh, a development kit for those who are, um, you know, entrepreneurial-minded, where they're like, yo, oh, the Apple Watch is coming out. It's the most personal device ever. I'm going to create some apps for it. I was watching Dick Tracy all my, all my childhood. I'm going to get, you know, inspect the gadget. I'm going to get creative. But how are you looking at the world? Are you seeing it from a consumer point? Do you think that the revolution is something where Negroes grow out their hair, you know, get the new Kendrick CD, you know what I'm talking about, change their wardrobe to all black and go to war, right, or go to physical war with top-flight security? You won't even make it off that block. Passive security, nigga, more cops can wash you up these days. <laughs> they ain't even talking about the boys in blue Because, you know, survey says Y'all not banging when it comes to that No, Nobody's putting in no twerk on those levels Because they already Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Can you hear me? Quiet for a second Yeah, I hear you now yeah, I said that they already had their campaign to terror, the boys in blue. Niggas was on ain't no mops. They don't want none. So let's not even have that conversation. All I'm saying is this. Yeah, let's cut that out. Even, yeah, just stop okay. it. Zimmerman is walking around. His address is all over the place. He probably tweeted it a few times. Like, it's public knowledge. He gets locked up every month. He's walking around not feeling threatened at all by none of you niggas. Zero threat. You know what I'm saying? Like, not about the action, boss. Let's just cut that conversation out. So, for anybody to ever come online, come on Facebook, come on YouTube, and say the R word, revolution, in the middle of a revolution, it's a it's a it's a digital revolution, and you niggas talking about revolution, and y'all falling for that. That's my thing. That's what the show tonight is for: to stop the fleecing, to help you. To give you an option before you fall into that 10-year fleece plan that's out there. People getting <laughs> caught. They're getting, they're getting snatched. They're getting snatched up. You know what I'm saying? And nobody's responsible. You know what I mean? Nobody is, nobody is being held accountable. You know, so 
we want to bring solutions. We want to bring, we want to paint, we want to present a roadmap to those who are not analog-minded, digital-minded, because we can have the conversation for the analog-minded minded people. We have 500-some episodes on the channel. So there, there's a lot of information out there for people who are from diversified mindsets to get their download from. But tonight what we're going to be doing is we're going to take this conversation back into the digital realm where we all belong at this point. Unless you're listening to this show, you know, with an aluminum foil pin hat on, wired up to, you know, uh, some solar panels somewhere, and, and, you know, I don't know, like on a two-way radio or something, but you got you a smartphone or a tablet or a laptop and you plugged in, then it's, it's time to utilize these pieces of hardware and the software that's available to create the revolution that you said that you wanted to do. You incarnated in this time period, this epoch or this era, you said that you wanted to come back with a wide nose and big lips with a, with a heavy melanated hue to fight this war, to be a part of this movement, to be a part of this day and era. That was you. Nobody brought you here. Everybody who's here came here for a reason and a choice. And if you're quote-unquote conscious or conscientious, whatever they want to spin it as, you know, you're here to do some kind of work. So what's your work? How could you incorporate it in the, in the, in the, in the now? Because the past does not exist. The future is not here yet. The only thing that is relevant is the present, is the now. So what's popping right now? Stop talking to me about some DeLorean conversation about 10,000 years ago. I can't tap into that right now. What's going on right now? It's a boom taking place. All kind of things are being created, almost to the point that, like, y'all got to respect what, what's going on. Like, I, I have to give utmost respect to anybody who's studying technology or in this digital realm. And and, and, and and still loyal. And still staying loyal. Y'all don't even respect the fact that niggas are still loyal. I could have been took off. Still loyal. Still still riding with the people. Because it's, it, it's so tempting to take this information and go chill in Silicon Valley right now and chop it up. That's how, that, I know that's why the brain drain is so strong. Because ain't nothing going on on our side. So like Dane Dash said in the interview, you just you you were, and he proved to you. I mean, if you look at the interview, he eats, I don't even know how they was able to justify launching the show today after he did what he did to them. He eats at them and told them you just a worker. You don't even work for yourself. And you know, at the end of the show, he said, "Y'all want to come and work for me?" Blue, what did they say? They said, "Yeah." He fed them cookies. She was ugly. That his son owns. Then he was like, yo, you know what? Y'all want to come and work for me right now? And it was like, where we sign up? What's up? This is the people. It was games for it because they're employees. But at the same time, you know, Hmm? what, what, what? It's a, it's a, it's a pervasive ideology. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, man. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's a pervasive ideology amongst the 41 million, you know, people that identify with an employee mindset, the security and the safety 
that a quote-unquote job affords. And like I said, I'm not, just like the brother said earlier, I'm not banging on nobody that works a nine-to-five. I'm not banging on nobody that has a job. I'm not banging on nobody that finds comfort in that level of security. What I'm saying is that don't allow them to, you know, turn you against the other people that are independent-minded. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily an either-or situation. So if you're on that side, you know, you're totally, you have something to say against other people that are risk-takers or you're crazy. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? There's no future in that. There's no sustainability in that. It's like, no, you have to be supportive just as well. You know, the conversation shouldn't be a, a juxtaposing of opposites somewhat, so to speak. It's like, no, we understand what that is. Just don't identify yourself as a boss. Don't identify yourself as an owner. Don't identify yourself as somebody that's willing to take risks. Don't identify yourself as somebody that's willing to invest in themselves because that's how much they believe in their concept and in themselves. Or so, don't be the face of something that you don't own. Like, you got to stop that. If, that's not your, if you don't own that brand, but, if at the board meetings you, you're not you, even yeah, a majority I mean, owner. My thing is, to me, it's irrespective to have that conversation. You know, you might reach one out of 100 people. Some people are primed and prepped for that. Some people want to do that. That's what some people are in the game for because that's where they see the power at. And, you know, you're not going to reach, you you know what I'm saying, somebody that's on the ladder already and they 10 rungs up for the ladder and they think that it's only three to go. You got to let them get all the way up to the top, you know what I'm saying, before they realize it's it's a long way down. You know, and then it's a ceiling at the top of that ladder. You feel me? And they don't have VIP access. No, you can't sit with us. You know what I'm saying? One thing that I know about, indeed, one thing I know about the behavioral patterns of our people psychologically that that, that I've been able to gauge throughout the years by being a part of many different circles, not this circle that you see us in, quote-unquote, called the conscious community, multiple circles, multiple circles that, that, you know, have, uh, and measure, you know, powerful influence in this world and culture, you know, globally, multiple circles. One thing that I do know when it comes to our people, it takes a conversation like the one that Dame Dash initiated for people to even change. Like, our people like to get styled on. You understand what I'm saying? Like, our people are used to getting, you know, um, part of my French shitted on sometimes. They like to get they they like people to pop their collar on them. That's how you get people to react in our generation or our culture or our people. Look, so for him, hmm? this nigga from the brook just be styling on you, just be wilding on you, and uh, try to warn you. Warn you. you understand? That's yeah. that's what they're used to. That's the generation. They got to get styled on in order to, to to catch their attention and get their reaction and their response. And so he, he expertly did that. People, what I'm saying is that, yeah, yeah. and uh, what I don't want you to do want to get money. is hold on. Yeah, don't get involved with that conversation from the angle of it's us versus them. It's a conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, Talk not to at people. All. Not at all. Have them understand yeah. what the ideology is, and we're going to explain what the history 
of that ideology is and what it comes of that from. Ideology is. But don't exactly. go into the space, yeah, where you're attacking people that are only playing the game at the end of the day. What do I always say? A child is only going to shit what you feed them. All right? No doubt. Let's not and be I the ones that are, are, are getting yeah. on as holier than now. Or oh, I'm a boss no, no, no. and you're not. No, it's not about that. No, 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 no. Let's and just I, identify what with, with, the ideas and the concepts are behind, you know, um, independence and, and self-entrepreneurialism, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and fortune building and empire building, you know? Empire Let's talk about fact. that. So, Indeed. yeah, let's and jump into the program. I want to clarify. Hold on before we even do that. I want to clarify my mm-hmm. statements to the family that's listening that if I did come off in an abrasive way with the um, with the auspices that it's us against them, Harlem versus everybody, I apologize because that's not where I'm going with it. You feel what I'm saying? Like I said, I respect the nine and fiver. I respect the worker. I respect the employee as much as I respect the boss. Everybody is needed for the operation to run. You feel what I'm saying? I'm about the whole picture. I'm about every everybody, you know, because you need everyone to make the thing work. All I'm saying is that we have to be more clearer in the terms that we use. I'm speaking to the culture. I'm speaking to the generation. What I'm doing is I'm attacking corporate mentality, corporate mentality and the corporate, the corporate culture that replaced a culture that existed prior to it where people were proud to work for themselves, where people were proud to be their own boss, where people were proud to support each other, group, a collective economy, things of that nature. What the corporate mentality did, coincidentally, they came in, when the, um, in, in, in hip-hop. Corporate mentality was infused in our people's minds via hip-hop through the Puffy era, the 90s and things of that nature, when that whole corporate thing took over and bumped the streets out of the way, and then it was about check chasing, it was about being a state of multi-million dollar um, companies that Europeans owned, and they were footing the bill. They did it before that. Created, no, I know they, they did, did it before that. that. What I'm you think LL Cool J and Run DMC was doing? I understand, but I'm no, talking I'm saying, about even, Yeah, it, it, it was the Russell and all of them, they started planting those seeds, but that shit flourished, and it, it took a whole nother meaning and a whole nother level when the all about the Benjamin era, yeah, the nineties era, million dollar videos, yeah. when hype, when the, when the shit was in Technicolor, courtesy of Hype Williams, and the mentality that came with that Forty Eight Laws of Power, the dog eat dog, that Romanistic type of thinking. What I'm saying is that compromise the mentality of a people who were willing to work together in groups who were willing to work together as organizations and created that I generation, that individual shit, that it's about me, dog eat dog, I'm looking out for me, I'm trying to style on you, I'm trying to wow on you, player haters and all of that, all of that stuff was brought about and given a new breath of life. I'm sure that it's a cycle that you can find it in the 30s, you can find it in the 40s and things like that, of that nature, 100, maybe 80, 70 years ago, but what I'm saying is resurfaced. We're fighting that mentality. Like Dane was saying, the, 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 the culture vultures, the people who use cultural appropriation, the people who came in and is running shit, and they don't know nothing about it, don't know nothing about it, don't know whatsoever about the culture or the things that they're at the top of, and they got our brothers and sisters who are talented. They have the skill sets. They have the energy. Like we were saying before, we black diamonds. They trade us around the globe. 
the Michael Jordans of the world, the Mike Tysons of the world, the Floyd Mayweathers of the world, the Westbrooks of the world, the Durants, the Kobe's, you know what I'm saying, the Denzels, Black Diamonds, people who could easily have created their own ways, you understand what I'm saying? They own tsunami, made more made an eighty to ninety or seventy or fifty percent profit on their intellectual property versus two percent versus three percent. That's all I'm saying. Globally and things of that nature. So being able to take distribution back amongst the people who said that all they do is distribute other things. That that's that's niggas hallmark. We moving weight, we moving birds, we flying across the Atlantic but can't distribute a digital CD these days. Niggas can't distribute an iTunes file. They need a middleman to help them distribute an email. All I'm saying is this hypocrisy at its highest levels. The corporate mentality is regentrification. The corporate mentality is culture vultures. The corporate mentality is Iggy Azalea. The corporate mentality is all it is, is these niggas backbiting and stabbing one of his gossip, his men talking about other men and all of this other crazy shit is the demasculization of men. That's the that's that's what I'm fighting. That's what he was big enough talking about being a man. His whole conversation was what's up. So what I'm saying is if we change our mentality, begin to look at things in a different way. Because if you got to get your gig on, if you got to throw that suit on, if you got to flip fries, I'm with you. I would do it if I had to as well. I got to the point sometime in my life where I had to as well, and I did it, and I did it. I stood on 125th Street in 2005 selling T-shirts when the dudes that I used to sell clothes to, Polo, Gucci, Fendi, and Louis in Brooklyn, used to come uptown and hide behind trees and laugh at me in my face. I had to put my pride in my back pocket selling T-shirts with some goddamn Egyptians on it. I was a hotel nigga. Nobody understood it. They thought I fell off. They thought I was on drugs because that wave that you see right now with all of these young dudes and all of the young people in consciousness, it wasn't in vogue in 2005. That was not even that. It wasn't even a thought like that. It wasn't like that. So I endured a lot of ridicule. I endured a lot of, so you won't have to. People don't even realize what they, how good they got it these days. I endured a lot of stuff. My mother endured a lot of stuff being independent, <clears throat> talking about herbs when Negroes thought that that shit was a uh, uh, spookism and they laughed. They tried to laugh them out of, her and Dr. Say they tried to laugh them out of Brooklyn when you was considered eating rabbit food if you talked about eating healthy and people looked completely, they, you know, that shit, it wasn't no whole food. There were no organic aisle in, in, in wall bounds or path mark. None of that stuff existed. This is an anomaly. This was in the 80s. White people was eating raw steaks. They wasn't about jogging and eating walnuts and all of that. That's some new shit with them. So I've seen people put their pride in their back pocket to do what has to be done to be a boss and to say that you own something. You don't have to answer to somebody who you don't really rock with like that. And historically, when you do the history, you gave them everything. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. But you gave him, you gave, uh-huh. you gave him everything that he's using. You basically downloaded him with the program that he's running right now. How could you go backwards and be a part of that program if you're not running it? Don't get it. So that's what we're going to deal with tonight, amongst many other things. So 
you know. Let's get into it. All right? Yeah, let's do it. Join Know the Ledge Radio as we welcome back our resident B-Boys, Miller L. and Free L. Bay, the founders of the Moabite Association. We will discuss at length the Moabit Association, my bad. We will discuss at length the economy of life in the electrified age, Jesus' travel as detailed in the Circle 7, Prophet Muhammad's merchant life, the ancient Silk Road, and the influence on both, Mansa Musa and his influence on the Silk Road trade. As the conversation has shifted to economics and self-dependency, join us as we have an epic conversation on merchantilism and the inroads that lead to the digital highway of economic solvency. All right, family, so with no further ado, we present to you Kola from the 520-429, keeping it trill. Peace. Yo. Peace, peace, peace. Islam. Islam. How you doing, brother, man? Islam. All is well. All is well. Yes, indeed. That's the business. Um, Y'all got it turned up already. First. Yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Can you give me the first three numbers for uh, our second guest so I can bring him in as well? He's calling from Google Plus. He's calling from Google Plus. I believe it's either going to be private or uh, maybe even the ones like Skype. I'm I'm really one, unsure, one, one. but let me know okay. if you see yeah. that. Yeah, all right. Let's try the uh, one 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 number out. All right, call it from the Google Play. Peace, peace, peace. My brother Free El Bay. As long yeah, as you can. Yeah. Peace. Good. In the right, building. Right. In the building. Mm. Absolutely. Welcome. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the family. All right. We are here. KTL Radio. Tonight's program is Keep It Trill. All right. So thus far, we have been engaged in a discussion. Uh, We got the uh, phone lines and the the fiber optics electrified. It's on fire. All right. And um, time to just take it from there. Let's go. Let's do it. I want to first uh, get into uh, what y'all brothers are talking about. I hear a central theme in this character. You know, I want to. I want to say first and foremost, you know, you brothers have had a major influence on me. Have definitely shifted my consciousness, uh, just in terms of what it is that I'm doing today. So I want to say again, you know, if it wasn't for the character that you brothers demonstrate and exemplify. I think a lot of other people would not be as strong as they are today, would not have the courage that they have today to get out there and be themselves. So honest to you two brothers, as well as the KTL platform, uh, for giving all of us the opportunity to be able to demonstrate in this fashion for our people. Indeed. Good, thanks. Three, what's good? You already know. You know, right. said, we met we, we, we met through KTL, you know what I'm saying? Back when I did my uh, sustainability show back in uh, 2011, you know what I'm saying? We broke bread, we built on this show. So I think it's, I think it's you know, oh, this it's my, cosmic. This is my brother free from change? You already know. Yes, oh, come on, family. Peace. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. People been wait, asking wait. for you, bro. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been low because I be off the grid. You know what I mean? 
I go off the grid. Yeah, the brother. The brother's off the grid, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's actually a good point right there because I, I want for everybody to know, you know, this isn't somebody who, or I should say, this is not a demonstration where we are completely absent-minded about the natural. In fact, uh, we have such a mastery together of the natural that we are able to engage in the digital without fear. Indeed. Indeed. I think Indeed. that's going to be one and of the first. Like you said, right? Mm. That that has to be rooted in character, um, because the digital is such a medium in which you know privacy is no longer, um, you know, it's, it's no longer a reality. So that is what's being traded in exchange for access to what we have come to know as the digital age. So character is paramount at a time in which privacy is no longer being afforded to the individual, the destruction of the individual, as our brother Buddha Kling talks about, you know, is 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 definitely um at hand. And nobody talks about that aspect of it. Nobody talks about the reinforcement of character in a day and time like this. Under threat from so many different institutions, not just the digital age. But like the brother Reb was talking about the the onslaught of commercialism by way of um, corporations, you know what I'm saying, and what they have done to character, making people do something strange for some change. <laughs> you already know, like if they, like you say, money make you do strange things, especially if you weep. You know, it's uh, there's an effect that you know money or material things, or even just power, because I think the essence of having money is power. If you've got enough money, you can make somebody do something strange, you know, especially somebody that, you know, is easily impressed upon impressionable, you know, or just in, 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 in you know, a astute state. You know, if, if, if somebody's in need, you know, you might be able to take advantage of them, and, and to not do that requires character as well. You know, not only do you earn from your character, but, you know, a true demonstration of power, you know, spiritual power, is one's ability to, you know, check the lower self. You know, whether you're trying to get something or whether, you know, you're trying to control something or you have control over something, you know, the real demonstration of spiritual power is to check that lower self, to check that greed, you know. Check that jealousy, you know, the envy, the hatred. Yes, indeed. Those lower devils, yes. Some lower devils. That's right. That's right. So, all right, brother, man, let's uh, go ahead. I was saying that um, I believe in the nation of gods and earth, they talk about cutting off the four heads of the devil, four devil heads. And Mm -hmm. um, that's just an interpretation of the same thing that the prophet said in the first chapter about suppressing one's lower self. You know what I mean? Even in Mason, uh, the Masonic degrees, they're talking about drawing circles around your squares. Is that is that correct term, Brother Blue? Yes. Okay. You know. So it's it's almost like the same Drawing circles around your, your, yeah, your, your lower self, your passions. Your passions. You know. 
So we're having these same conversations in these schools of thought and knowledge and discipline, but with different, you know, just in different languages, but the same language but different ways of saying the same thing. That ultimately, you know, anybody that asks you about, you know, revolution or saving oneself, you ultimately, I don't care what level you're at, whether you're just getting into this or you've been in this for 50 years, you should always know, first and foremost, it should be in the front of your, your, your mental lobe that the only person that you can ultimately save is thyself. And the only person that you can truly know is thyself. You start with that first, and then you go ahead and talk about saving the universe and other um, lofty endeavors that we do have as people. But you have to deal with your lower self, your lower extremities, you know, your, the devil that, that dwells within and if there's anybody on this planet who doesn't have that uh, set up, please introduce me to them so I could study their DNA. No. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Brothers, let's yeah. uh, let's go on ahead and get right into it if y'all are ready. Please. Yeah, we morning ready. Let's yes, do indeed. it. Let's do it then. Uh, first things first. Let's let's start right here. Let's start right here. Before we go too far, and people, you know, want to begin to kind of you know run it back and and get more information. I want to make it very plain that uh, a lot of this information that we'll be presenting this evening uh, is found uh, in a book that I'm currently writing. Uh, it is digital. You can find it at www.millerlconsultants.info. The title of the work is called The Economy of Life in the Electrified Age. Give everybody an opportunity to uh, write that down. The Economy of Life in the Electrified Age, found at millerlconsultants.info. So as I said when I first uh, spoke, you know, is a common thread in our, our conversation, uh, and it is that of character. It is that of good character, having virtue, or plainly just righteousness, you know, those that deal with the Scripture, uh, regardless of the Scripture. In the more so simple of America, we have a nationality card that speaks to the prophets that we honor. Um, and in general, we honor all true and divine prophets. But the names specified on our nationality card our Prophet Jesus, Prophet Muhammad, Prophet Buddha, and Prophet Confucius. For my studies, and I'm sure anybody else that's willing to put in the work, you know, the mental fortitude, they will find that there's a common thread in all of those teachings. As you brothers eloquently said, it's in different languages. You know, it comes in different time periods. even comes to different people. However, there's a silver lining, and it is that of character. It is that of having good character. So I want to pull out two of those uh, characters that I just mentioned uh, specifically, uh, Prophet Jesus and Prophet Muhammad. You know, being a Moorish American, you know, I definitely have an affinity uh, towards these two particular prophets. However, I should make clear again, we honor all true and divine prophets. Uh, starting with Prophet Jesus, you know, I'll lead in with this one. 
So when you read the Bible, you find something interesting. There's a lot of uh, missing time for this character known as Prophet Jesus. 18 years to be exact. 18 years of missing time. For those that have never, you know, even pondered that, you know, that should let you know maybe you need to take a little more time with your studies and investigate a little more thoroughly. For those that have inquired, you know, as to what actually happened in this time period, uh, I can definitely point you in the direction of the uh, Quran of the More Science Temple of America, otherwise known as the uh, Circle 7 Quran. This piece of literature, especially the first half of this literature, uh, describes those 18 missing years. Uh, there is some time prior and there is some time after that's also described in the Circle 7. But specifically, what I'd like to uh, bring to everyone's attention and what is most relevant is the 18 missing years. These years were spent in study all across the world. Again, if you take the time to uh, read that Circle 7, get your hands on it. It's fairly cheap. Get your hands on it and read into it. Not only will you find the character demonstrated, but you're going to find something else that I'd like to bring to your attention that I, you know, unfortunately... Um, I actually feel rather grateful that I was able to uh, discover this. But I felt a little disheartened, you know, not being able to relate to my brethren about what it is that, you know, I, I found to be rather relevant. Um, it's not to say that the brothers are, you know, in disagreement with me or anything like that, but it is to say I was rather shocked that this wasn't already, you know, some more scholar at some time period having gone into a, a dissertation on this, wrote a, a piece of literature on this, you know, the whole nine. You know, something this large, something this profound, I imagine should have been something that the Moors were identifying with and utilizing as a strategy. But that's your nor there. What I'd like to point out is that these 18 years were spent in travel. You know, there's a... Uh, there's a Morris proverb. I'd like to uh, read that so I can get to that real quick. Uh, the Morris proverb states, he who does not travel will not know the value of men. I pulled that from the Golden Trade of the Moors, written by Edward Boville. That's B as in boy, O, V as in Victor, I-L-L. The Golden Trade of the Moors. Now, with that Moors proverb being stated, um, I think that, you know, I even want to bring you pills into the convo real quick. You know, I see you brothers here and there. I see you all traveling. I see you all being exposed to different kinds of people. As you said, you're engaged in many circles. Uh, can you, brother, right. speak to me about the impression that that has had on your development as men, as, as, as men? Today, you want to go um, before, yeah. Before tonight's show, I was in Bankhead, right, Atlanta, Georgia, in Bankhead. There's a brother that has a um, a booth set up. It's not necessarily a booth. It's inside of like a um, container, like a shipping container. Mm -hmm. Is that somebody's phone? It's some background noise. 
Hello? I'm here, brother. That's not my phone. Yeah. I had mine on mute. I'm not sure whose phone that is. Brother Free, is that your phone? No, that's not me. It's not me. Okay. It, it might it might be me. I'm moving around. Let me go ahead and be still. All right. Is there any background noise? Like you got any music on the background playing? Because, you know, these smartphones pick up everything. Indeed. All right. So, yeah, brother, brother, it should be good. The brother had a store in a container unit. This container unit was positioned on property. Um that was set up like right in front of a a auto parts store and the auto parts store was connected to a um a, a tack store which was connected to a florist store now come to find out the individual that owned those three properties in the front has been there for 50 years this is a reverend this is a reverend who marched with um Martin Luther King and the civil rights, you know what I'm saying? And the individual that had the store positioned on the property in the container, he was an ex-hustler, you know what I'm saying? Turned his life around, and now he's giving back the community, not only through his ventures, by also showing them the meaning of a quote-unquote boss from the most rudimentary level. He sells socks, T-shirts, uh, car charges, you know what I'm saying? Things that people might think, or, oh, you know, that's regular, regular. He's like, look, I make $1,000 a day, you know what I mean? But he's like, it's not about the money, it's about the customer service. So I sat there with the brother, right, for a few hours and watched how people value, value, right? We're talking about a difference between value and cost, how they value his customer service, how they value the gym's that he's able to dispense to them when they come through there. So it's the experience. It's not just the product that they're coming for. It's not only the service, but it's the experience. You know what I'm saying? Which I guess is part of the service, you know? And that's where his wealth is. His wealth is in his demonstration to make people feel a certain way. The boss aspect of what he's doing is not only about him being able to be self-sustaining, but it's also about him being domineering over the culture that he's surrounded by. He's like, look, you know, that person, um, you know, they run the track. This person's baby is, is, you know, was born out of this. And, you know, he knows everybody's story. And he was once part of that situation. But he's a constant reminder to people every day that you can do something as simple as sell socks, boxes, T-shirts. And he's already created a model of these container stores that can go around to every community and people can set up shop and do the same thing, but you got to have the character. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be all about the money. You got to have that character. You have to be about your people. You got to have a genuine love for your people where you have that level of magnetism where people are always going to come to you. You don't have to chase the money. The money don't have legs. It don't run. You got a magnetic strip on it for a reason. It'll come to you if you have that magnetism. So he was teaching me all of these things. And the brother has some other interesting products. I'm not going to talk about them on the line tonight because I want to go back with the camera and film him and show the family he has many opportunities 
for people to branch out and become their own boss, you know what I'm saying, to do their own entrepreneurialism, um, um, you know, ventures or what have you. Um, so these are the things that you get from traveling, you know, from moving through various different cities and, and all parts of those cities. You know, when I hit a city, I go everywhere, you know what I'm saying, from the top to the bottom. And these are the genuine stories that you get on the road or by meeting someone who puts you on to a story. Because I, I found out about this brother through a friend of mine. I want to bring you over such and such to meet this brother because ever since you sent me the link to this Dame Dash interview, I've been having these experiences by meeting these people who are having the same conversation. So this was a fresh relationship that this person had and brought me into as an extension of a relation of, of a conversation that just took place. This already changing people's lives. You feel me? So it's real. So, you know, I, I I can speak um you know, on a personal note that these are the things that my travels have afforded me, you know what I'm saying? I'm able to get around and move around and, and see genuine people and see genuine things, um, many of which I wouldn't see anywhere else because they're not advertised. There's no media that's, this, you know what I'm saying, bringing this to the forefront. And I'm also able through my travels to see the people that are part of our audience, the people that are listening to Know the Ledge, the people that are seeing, you know, us on YouTube, the people that have genuine reactions to things that we have done to better their lives, to better their experience, you know what I'm saying, to help them understand and understand things a little bit better, you know. And these are, I, I get, I'm getting genuine reactions from genuine people. So that reinforces, uh, you know, the, 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 the will and the drive to do what it is that we're doing, and it just pushes us that much further, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, um... My experience from being in different circles or being exposed to, you know, different uh, walks of life is that we're all the same. First and foremost, I've walked away with that. Going back to what we said earlier, it is um, it goes, it falls into the category if you are leading your path with your higher self or if you're leading your path with your lower self. It's not, it's no in-between, there's no gray areas, it's just that. I don't care what you labeled yourself. You know, I don't care what is your field of study and your field of expertise or what kind of letters you got behind your name. You know, you're either operating to reach your higher self because you don't have to be in your exact highest. I'm not saying that people either have to be angelic, you know, crown chakra activated walking around, but there are people that are on the ladder. You're either on that you're either on that upward path or you're on the descent. I've been around people who are, you know, while we're talking they're falling. You know what I'm saying? While while I'm watching them they're falling further down the ladder, further further into purgatory, into the depths of their lower self, with people with the Christian church, uh, erroneously called hell, you know what I mean? But the hell is on earth and it's it's in you know, it's your reality. So I've gone through the darkness I've walked that path. I've flirted with death. You know, I've been in the shadows, you know, in order to appreciate the light when I've seen it because I, I, I didn't know what the light even looked like until I was in the darkness. 
you know. And one thing that I do know is the people who are in certain situations that they're not not necessarily built for, they don't want to be there, you know, because some people are incarnated. They they come here for a purpose, you know what I'm saying? So some purpose, some people's purpose is to be the bearer of darkness. Some people's purpose is to be the bearer of light. But one thing that I do know is that I've come across people who are not living in their intended purpose and they're not comfortable where they're at. They want to get out. And that goes for both. There's some people in the light that want to get into the darkness. And there's some people in the darkness that want to get into the light. So I don't, I don't, hopefully I answered your question. No, you did. You, uh, you answered it in, in, in such a way that you even expanded the conversation. You know, a lot of this traveling, um, and I think, you know, Brother Free and I can both attest to this, you know, there is a physical element to travel. Um, and it's very important for all the reasons that you two brothers have just outlined. You know, it has a lot to do with you being able to value your own self as man. You know, like they say, if you don't love yourself, you can't love nobody else. So I feel like the other aspect that you've expanded the conversation into is, you know, the consciousness. There's a there's a traveling in consciousness. You know, some, some refer to it as imagination. You know, I think that a person tends to live out, you know, the ideals that they that they hold firm to in their mind. You know, so if you're idolizing, you know, a certain entertainer, even on a subconscious level, you're going to begin to imitate them. You know, your ability to go out into the world and to see these different characters allows you to you know, transform yourself, transform your ideal, you know, of perfection mm-hmm. or your ideal of a stand-up guy, you know, a, 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 a virtuous person, a righteous person, you know, someone who's utmost. That that cannot come through, you know, just plainly an intellectual exercise. You know, you can't you can't necessarily, you know, come to this conclusion by by scholarship. And what I mean by that is, is, is you know, the, the field chair position, you know, the armchair position, excuse me. Yes. Being in the field, uh, it allows one to actually gain experience. But being in the armchair, uh, that creates a situation where one becomes stagnant. One begins to, because they've been informed, you know, act as if they know. And knowledge is, is what a man is, you know, what a woman is. You know, in our teachings, we understand that man is what he knows. So there is there is this thing about, you know, people being able to profess certain information, you know, being able to eloquently describe things, but the experience of which may be lacking. And this is where mm-hmm. the heartbreak comes in. This is where people feel betrayed. This is when people feel like they've been lied to. You know, and and Indeed. and at and at best, you know, you know, at best, that's the way to think about it. You know, you've lied to someone else, but in fact, you've been lying to yourself. And this is where the real danger is found. You know, I think it's very dangerous for someone to believe their own lies. It, it definitely is. It it's very dangerous. Is. It will put you in harm's way if you're not if you're not thugging. You don't need to act like you're thugging. You'll get hurt. 
You know, mm-hmm. this whole idea of faking it till you make it, I think we've all heard about people that have gone that route, and there is a lot of heart, heartache. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of, of destruction that's found by the way of, of, of believing in lies and imitating lies. You know, when, you, when, you, when your imagination is so far in left field and you try to bring that into reality, there's a clash. You know, there's a crashing that occurs. You know, I think, I think we all seen that movie. Uh, and that movie was very uh, profound in the concept of, you know, people living in illusions and, and, that, and, and, and reality smacking them in the face. You know what I'm saying? Breaking them down to the point where they don't have nothing as far as illusion to hold on to. And this is what it's meant to be. You know, it is meant, it is meant we are all students. We are all learning. You know, every day is, is an opportunity to learn. And what, you, what we all should be striving for is, again, you know, not having the Groundhog's Day effect. You know, when people lack courage, you know, it's, it's the same day over and over again. They get the same trial over and over and over again until one learns. And once you learn, then you can elevate to the next level. You know, you can excel to the next level. So I definitely wanted to say, yeah, brother, you, you definitely answered the question and you definitely expanded it even further. I think that's why I'm even referencing these two particular characters. I think what we're talking about, you know, extends beyond the material, beyond the manifest. So I'll, I'll go on ahead and push forward a little bit. We'll definitely be speaking of Prophet Jesus a little bit more. I want to I wanna introduce, okay. you know, Prophet Muhammad as well into the conversation. Please do. Yes, sir. So as I stated with Prophet Jesus, you know, those 18 missing years were spent in travel. And, again, based upon the Morse proverb that I presented, um, you know, if, if you truly want to understand the value of men, one must travel. In our teachings, uh, it states, when man honors man, he honors his father God, Allah. Now, this, this Allah, and this is Arabic word for the creator, the supreme power. Uh, this, this is something that was professed by Prophet Muhammad. Uh, and all of those that speak his particular language or dialect of. This individual was born into a merchant family, Prophet Muhammad. Uh, Very interesting enough, uh, his father uh, would pass away uh, prior to his birth. And it it was a very interesting situation because he would pass away uh, in his attempts to, you know, handle his, his business. He would travel into, you know, Syria, et cetera, uh, into areas where there were major, major, major trade posts, you know, big areas of exchange. Uh, They would bring what it is that Arabia is known for, the different goods there, uh, such as, you know, this is, again, documented in many of the scriptures. Uh, A lot of the incense uh, come from Yemen, southern Arabia, Uh, along with other goods, turtle shells, et cetera. A lot of interesting items uh, that can only be found in that area uh, were brought to this particular area of Syria. Uh, Prophet Muhammad would follow in his father's steps. Um, at some point, uh, he would meet his future wife, Khadija, a woman 
his senior, and based upon his character, uh, she would trust that he would be able to take her goods far distances to the north, uh, very near Syria, uh, to be able to trade those goods. And, you know, I, I mention this because there are sayings related to the prophet about why it is that the people entrusted him as a prophet. You know, there are obviously many false prophets. There are false prophets even today. And one of the main reasons in which he was trusted by the people was because of his character as a merchant. Muhammad was known not to be a liar. Muhammad was known not to be a cheat. Muhammad was known not to be a thief. And the words that he spoke were true. And he asked the people, if I told you that an enemy is coming, would you believe me? And the people say, yeah, Muhammad, we will believe you because we've never known you to be a liar. So, again, we find ourselves revolving around this concept of character and going out into the world and making one legacy. You know, if, if one is truly going to leave a mark on this planet, uh, it, it's not going to be done, you know, based upon the dirt that you've done. It's going to be based upon how many hearts you've touched. How many minds you touch. This is what causes an individual to to live forever. When when you read in the different scriptures that so and so never died, or that so and so is still alive, or even very plainly that you know the Lord is ever living, that the God is ever living. This is what is being described. No personality has lasted forever. No personality will exist forever. The physical body, the personality associated with the physical body will pass away. But one's ability to connect with the spirit, one's ability to connect with principle. Principle lives beyond space and time. It is not confined to space and time. Good character is not confined to a space or a time. There was It's not a situation of there was only good character, you know, in the beginning of the world or, you know, in the old days or in the great future to come, some character is going to arrive. These characters exist today, the higher self, the lower self, and they're giving birth to what it is that is written in the scriptures that they'll give birth to. You know, a lot of this chaos that exists on the planet Earth, a lot of the suffering that exists on the planet Earth, it's, it's from a certain character that's dwelling in these people. The good things of the planet Earth, the good things of history, the good things of the future, it will dwell in the people. It will be exemplified in their character. So I'd like to say that there's a connection between the two of them in terms of this traveling, in terms of this character. Uh, one of the main things that I want to say about this character development, this is a major facet of civilization. You don't have civilization unless you have the character that's associated with it. What you have is barbarism when you lack character. When there's an entire civilization, an entire society that lacks character, what you end up seeing manifest is barbarism as opposed to civilization. Now, these two brothers, Prophet Muhammad, Prophet Jesus, the time periods that are associated with their lifespan is during a time period in which our people were the dominant factor on the planet Earth. 
especially our culture. Yes, there were Romans. Yes, there were Greeks. But these individuals were not the dominant factor on the planet Earth. During these time periods, and even extending beyond that, the European imagined he would fall off the side of the Earth if he went in a boat and went too far. That was not the same for our people. When you when you look on the planet Earth and you associate, you know, you do the, the, the anthropological studies and you see these pyramid civilization, these these civilizations of of magnitude that cannot even be duplicated today with all the technology that we possess. I'm talking about that time period. Now, in that particular time period, there was already a globalization. That's what should be understood. A lot of people are under the impression that, you know, the white supremacy uh, is creating a one-world order that previously never existed. And this is not true. This is absolutely not true. During that time period, uh, if you want to investigate a little further, uh, obviously the further back you go, the more difficult it will be to actually make these connections. However, I want to talk, I want to talk about a certain time period. I want to talk about 150 before the Common Era, all the way up to even 1453, you know, common era. During this time period, there was a globalization, a global network that existed that's referred to as the Silk Road. We at the Moabite Association, me me and my partner, uh, Free L. Bay, uh, we have a podcast that that we've deemed that we've called the Silk Road. And our intention is to bring forth what it is that the ancient Silk Road was associated with and known for, renowned for. This Silk Road, I'm sure for those of you that are aware, you're absolutely aware and you're you're right on about the fact that this was a global trade route. What you will easily find documented is a trade route that is existing from West Africa all the way to China. I'm going to say that again. This Silk Road, if you want to do the history, your due diligence, you will find that this Silk Road expanded from West Africa all the way to Japan. That's touching China. That's touching India. That's touching the Middle East. That's touching all of Africa, from West Africa to East Africa, on into Europe. Yes, sir. On into Europe. Now, what needs to be understood about this Silk Road is that it goes beyond merchants. It goes beyond trade in terms of physical goods and people, you know, being involved with the merchant aspect of life. This Silk Road was responsible for the exchange of every element of civilization, language, philosophy, architecture, science, math, all of the elements associated with civilization were being spread on this Silk Road. And you'll find that religion as well. You'll find these things. You you find this outlined in, in the Circle 7 Quran. You find that Prophet Jesus would travel to India first. This is a Hebrew, mind you. A Hebrew would leave what we refer to today as Palestine and travel into India 
with one intention, specifically, to study, to learn. He didn't go there as a Hebrew and say, what it is that y'all are dealing with is a farce. Not to say that when he was there, he wouldn't speak the truth. If he caught somebody dealing in falsehood, he would absolutely correct them as a master teacher that he was. However, his intention was to learn, not to be big-headed, not to already know, but to learn. So it's documented in the Circle 7 that he would study the Vedas. It's documented in the Circle 7 he would also come across Buddhists, and he would study with them. He would go into Egypt, and he would study with them. He would humble himself. He wouldn't go there and say, I'm a rabbi, and what it is that I have to tell you is, is, is what is most important or is the truth or is the only truth. He would go there and humble himself to the truth, which is all around you. You know, if you need somebody to tell you the truth, we have a problem. Man knows not by being told. If you can't see with your eyes the truth in front of you, then that is probably your beginning and end of your problems. The minute that you can use your own eyes and your own mind to determine what is and what ain't, you'll be fine. You won't have to worry about nobody taking advantage of you. As long as you have to deal with trust, as long as you have to blindly trust, there's always going to be an issue. Once you be able to come into the awareness and the knowledge of themselves, as well as this thing that people refer to as the creator, this concept, this, this, this absolute reality that people refer to as the creator. So, now that we have discussed, you know, a portion of the Silk Road, Brother Free, why don't you uh, come in, Brother Man, and fill in some of my gaps. I, I know I kind of went in real quick, but I want to make sure that we touch on everything. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, going back to the Electrified Age, you know, the e-book that you, that you put out, right? And in this mm-hmm. e-book, it is what I would call a consortium of ideas that you've collected from various, you know, digital outputs and various, you know, analog outputs that have allowed you to put together a codified work that explains how to navigate in an age that is purely digital, you know? So, you know, when we look at the Silk Road, right? The Silk Road was a global economy and it spread civilization. But what we have now is the internet. So how are we gonna make the internet do what the ancient Silk Road did, right? That's right. We're solving here at the Moabit Association. We're tying the ancient model of economy and civilization and merit, you know, and bringing that forward and showing everyone how this can be demonstrated on the digital platform. So, you know, I think that moving forward, everybody has the knowledge on Jesus and Muhammad and, you know, everything like that, whoever their spiritual leader is, they look to. And the fact that Jesus visited all of those places is the reason why I feel like Christianity is a dominant religion on this side of the planet. But let's look at the real numbers. Islam is really pound for pound, probably 
you know, a more dominant religion on the planet right now. And it always has been. So I think Christianity kind of fudges the numbers just to make it look like they're more dominant. But I think when you really look at the dynamics of everything, it breaks all down and it says that Jesus really has some good teachings and his word is still spreading today. However, I just want to talk to the people who do believe in Jesus, not as a prophet, but as the son of God, to say, just, you know, he said, we'll do better work. So come on, come on with it. Let's do better work. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like, you know, the mention of that, you know, I, I think that uh, one of the reasons that that, that that book was written was for encouragement. You know, the same reason that I'm writing mine, you know, it is it is a testimony. It is it is something that's meant to encourage others to strive for the best within them and to and to look for the best in others. You know? Right. I'm, try to, right. The, the Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Mm-hmm. So when we look when we look at it from that standpoint, right? And, and and you have Jesus as the main teacher in the, in this in these instructions, right? And his and his authority coming down from the Almighty, right? So if it's the basic instructions before leaving Earth, these are the things that you need to do to prepare before you before your soul is about to be immortal. You know what I'm saying? So you need to practice being immortal here. You know what I'm saying? So to be immortal here is you have to leave behind a legacy. And the only way you're going to leave behind a legacy is by having good merit. And the only way you're going to leave behind a legacy is if you have an estate. You know, an estate worth inheriting. Wow. And I mean, as a people, when we look back at what we had to inherit, you know what I'm saying? We have a vast amount to inherit, but we only inheriting, you know, the teachings and, you know, uh, you know the philosophies. Right, but we're not inheriting anything physical, so we need to start mm-hmm. setting up to the point where people are inheriting physical. You know, true indeed, true indeed. It, the uh, the space that the the Muslims or the Christians occupy is not in, in their imagination. <laughs> in but fact, I mean, they uh, they have material, is what I'm trying to say. They have material possessions. Uh, that they are passing down, you know, generation to generation. And this was something that, you know, was not foreign to us either. You know, the concept of dynasty, the concept of civilization, you know, one of the greatest known is that of Kemet, you know, having lasted for as long as it did. Uh, The only reason that that is even possible uh, is because they practice a degree of inheritance and they understood that, you know, even as it's described, you know, in, in the basic instructions, you know, man is a caretaker, you know. He comes for a time, he, he takes care, and then he passes it down to the next one. He trains the next one up to be a caretaker. You know, this should be understood, and not even not even in a, in a religiosity or a religious mindset, um, even though I think that that's fine. But what should be understood is, is, you know, the things that you're acquiring, you know, all the listeners, the things that you're acquiring, they're not for you. You can't take it with you. You know, what you should be doing should be for another. You know, your children, you know, your your significant other, you know, 
your elders. You should be a servant of, of man. You should you should attempt to, you know, do what it is and, 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 and contribute, you know, to the overall work that has to be done. And this concept of raising children, this concept of, of, of raising civilization or maintaining civilization, uplifting fallen humanity, there's work enough for everyone. You know, so one one other character uh, before, you know, we have the uh, callers, you know, maybe want to ask some questions or want to make a comment. One final character that I want to make sure that we don't miss that I think is very uh, important and imperative is uh, the character known as uh, Mansa Musa. Mansa Musa uh, is very inspiring, especially for those of us that, you know, imagine that we've always been poor or that we came from slavery or even those that imagine that we didn't deal with material. Mansa Musa, a Moorish king, specifically of Mali. This brother is known as the wealthiest man to in the annals of history. This is what should be understood about Mansa Musa. To the tune of $400 billion. If you want to understand what that what that really looks like, you know, the amount of power associated with that, think about the amount of money that we, as as the people of North America, you know, those that come from slavery, those those native to the land, uh, those with melanated skin, you know, the ones that they call black or African American, you know, Indian, you know, Latino. These individuals are spending about $400 billion annually. They're giving it away. And this is why we lack power. They say as a nation we are either, I believe, top five, maybe even. Peace. Line drop. Hi, the brother lost his transmission. Um I'm sure he's going to be calling back in in second half. Okay, no doubt, no I doubt. I hope everything is cool thus far. All right. So tell us, man, how you yeah. been, brother? Free. <laughs> I was about to finish the Monsa Musa. I was about to be like, yeah, we're gonna get, we're gonna get to that. All of that catching up. You know what I mean? Indeed. You there? Yeah, so so Mansa Musa, man, he he was a powerful brother, man, you know, and what what happened before him was an expedition to North America by the previous uh, Mansa, right? So what I think is interesting is that our whole history, you know, about us going to North America and being and and having trade with North America, even expounds the Silk Road path just Japan and, and reaching over to South America and the Caribbean and all of that other stuff, like where you see all the Omec heads and you see all the West Indians who, who still, you know, rock, you know, native Moorish uh, attire and all of that stuff like that. So we did have a global lockdown, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? A global world order via the Silk Road, you know what I'm saying? And then the brother being worth 400 billion at the time, which is still, the richest man in the world, if you do the uh, math, which you approximate, you know, deflation and uh, all of that stuff like that, and it'll get you to the fact that nobody still reached what he reached. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, we've been told that 
we ain't we, we was never, you know, on like that. You know what I'm saying? We was never rich like that, you know. And but it turns out we've been the richest people in the world. Exactly. And then for the simple fact that Mansa Musa family comes from he he's he's a descendant of West Africa, the geographical location for the majority of brothers and sisters who you know, identify, you know what I'm saying? Because this is, this is the collective. The collective identifies themselves as the descendants of West African um, brothers and sisters who were uh, enslaved, you know what I'm saying? So when you do the knowledge, family, when you do your history and you find out that the Moorish dynasties, the Al-Moravids, the Al-Mohads were West African dynasties, these were, these were Senegalese, you know, uh, Malian empires that went into these were these were pure these brothers were Orthodox Muslims, almost similar, but not in not in the same um, demonstration that you see with ISIS. I'm not saying that they were like ISIS, but they were very Orthodox. They had they were carrying out uh, Sharia law, and they went into the Iberian Peninsula and disposed of the previous Moorish dynasty that was slipping. All right, they were getting washed up by the Europeans. They were losing their footing. They were losing their power. They were losing their foundation. They were assimilating and becoming weak. So the the West African Moors came in. All right, blue black brothers. Okay, if you want to deal with crayons, came in and they disposed of the previous empire. They took the reins. So isn't it a coincidence that? That that history exists, and then you get the history of the riches. That's almost like them, somebody invading the Silicon Valley, right, enslaving everybody in Silicon Valley and then telling you in history class, oh, no, they were savages in Silicon Valley. They didn't have anything to offer to humanity. So right. So going to West Africa where one of the most wealthiest men, one of the most wealthiest empires existed, and you enslave the inhabitants of that empire, and then you tell people erroneously in, in um, reconstructed and revised history that the people of the jungles of Africa were savages and cannibals and had nothing to offer humanity. This is the program family. This is the virus. This is the malware that 8 billion people are running off of. You have to see the importance in demystifying, reprogramming that Lesson right there. That's your operating system. You got that. You got that system. You got that. You got that download before you were over seven years old. The majority of us, by Jewish women and men with rulers, sometimes Roman Catholics with rulers in their hands, or old Jewish people who were telling you that you was a goddamn slave, and you you contributed nothing to humanity. And people don't they 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 don't realize what that did to them uh, mentally. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, when you begin to use your imagination to see yourself as a cannibal or somebody who was, you know, um, a savage and didn't have anything to offer to anything, like even 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 our people in their tribal nature, even when they did not decide, when they were not merchants and they were decided to live life in a tribal way within the jungles of Africa, the forests of Africa. Even they had advanced technology. They were building villages and fractals and things of that nature. They still can't figure it out to this day as mathematically 
you know, they were using Fibonacci and everything. Come on. Right. They were using the geometrics but, of the planet, all of that stuff, man. Like, they were, yes, yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So Tarzan, King Kong, Spaghetti Westerns, you know, Hollywood, okay? And prior to that, literature, uh, the book burnings, you know, the, the European Renaissance, um, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, what's his name? He came up with the with the whole thing about survival of the fittest. Darwin, you know, that whole Darwin era. Um, just those different eras where, you know, like they say, the winner, the person who wins the war gets to tell history from their perspective, you know. And we're suffering as a result of that. The people perish for lack of knowledge. So this is about correcting one's history, restoring our greatness, being able to identify with something that is more than just powerful. It's it, it, it is it's a truth that is that is uh, reality shattering, you know. And realizing that nothing has changed, it still remains the same. It's all about perspective. Okay, it's Let me all open about up the Africa. Okay, Africa is still. Uh, they 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 to this day, it, Africa is so rich that they still haven't even removed three fourths of the wealth of that of that continent. What's messing with that? They still trying to excavate all of the wealth and all of the things that they need to utilize to create wealth around the world. So, you know, let the brother continue. Though I just wanted to. Share. No, I think he got D back on the line. Um, I'm here. Uh, if you can hear me. Right, yes, cool. we can hear you, brother. Yeah, all right, well, I, I apologize about that. What was the last thing you all heard me say? We was closing out the mantra. We was talking about the legacy of Ali, you know, and just everything that's been going on in Africa, the mineral mining, you know, everything of that nature. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I close it out with that. Tell him about man's gold, being what he did to Egypt when he dropped gold. Oh, yeah. So, you know, his his value was so potent that he could come in and shatter an entire economy. Uh, Mansa Musa would go on a, on a hajj to Mecca from West Africa, and he would stop in, in Kemet. He would stop in Egypt. He would stop in Cairo of the time. And he dropped so much gold. That, that their economy was in a state of chaos for many, many, many decades. Uh, what he essentially did was, you know, something very similar to what happens, you know, with the fiat money. When they, when they print, you know, more money than, you know, because, again, most things have their value based upon scarcity. The minute that you make something that was once scarce, you know, commonplace, you essentially disrupt it. You disrupt you know, the role that it once had and, and, and the value that it had. So it should be, it should, it should be understood that, you know, as, as we say today, you know, the brother was holding weight. And, and the type of weight that could shake, you know, an entire nation. Uh, this is something that, all, that the Moors have always been known for, you know, being the movers, being the shakers. Uh, in terms of whether we're talking consciousness or we're talking, you know, the material realm, you know, transforming reality. Uh, this is something that, you know, is a part of that legacy, a part of our inheritance. 
Um, I want to make sure that I that again I made it very plain. You know, the tune of four hundred billion. You know, modern context. Some of the wealthiest people today they have under a hundred billion. Uh, you know, again going along with the titles. This brother had a half a trillion. You know. So what we want to do is, as as the pillars were saying, as I as I heard when I got back on the line, you know, we want to restore that. We want to keep it true. You know, not only in our hearts, but you know, the amount of of talent, the amount of genius that our people possess. You know, this should this should be monetized to the tune of a trillion. You know, again, I made it plain: the money that we spend today, you know, without guidance, without direction, without the proper intent. It's to the same tune. They say the people, the Indians, the the Latinos, the African Americans, the blacks, these people are spending a half a trillion dollars. You know, that is the amount of power that we actually possess here. So we should we should take advantage of our freedom and we should liberate ourselves. We it takes spiritual power. It takes courage. But if if if, if there's ever gonna be a liberation, it's gonna be because we play our part. Brother. Yes, sir. Brother D. Miller, can we do this? Yes, sir. Because I often share with the family, well, I don't often, but I've shared with the family uh, the correlations between the Silk Roads of antiquity and what the Silk Road of today has to offer in the digital or the electrified age, in the digital era or the digital boom. Let's talk about what is China, what is India, and what is Africa contributing to the overall conversation. Because keep in mind, if brothers and sisters are looking at technology from a consumer's point of view, they may or may not realize the advanced cultures that exist alongside the Silk Road and they may only be able to identify with a Stephen Jobs or Bill Gates coming from um, Silicon Valley. They, they see technology as a European concept, or they see it as a European-dominated industry, when in fact, when in fact, the manufacturing, the um, innovation, and many other things are being done outside of the Europeans' influence. So can we build on that real quick? Sure, sure. So I think that uh, you mentioned something very uh, obvious, and it's a, it's about, you know, the fear that our people have of technology. I think that it is misplaced. Uh, first and foremost, if we want to look at it historically, it was our people that developed civilization, the idea of leaving the bush and coming together for communal living. This wasn't possible mm-hmm. without without technology. One of the first technologies ever known is the wheel. Yes. You know, without the wheel, there wouldn't be a society. There wouldn't be a civilization. There would be there would be tribes. There would there would be a, a semblance of civil uh, of society. Um, very rudimentary societies that you know are dealing with barter and trade. But those of us that actually you know put our hand, you know, and our genius and our talents to work, uh, we will produce some of the greatest feats, you know, still known. So now when we talk about China, when we talk about India, 
Uh, in fact, it should be described as that they have an acronym for it. It's called BRIC. Brazil, Russia, India, China. They say that these, these economies uh, are going to be the powerhouses of the future. And if you're paying attention, you're going to notice that it's being dominated by people that have melanin. So uh, in the modern context, you know, you'll find in Africa uh, most of the billionaires, there are a few billionaires that are, that are in that position because of natural resources, land, uh, different minerals that they're pulling from the earth, uh, even cement, you know. You'll find that, you know, these are still um, areas in which value is found. But, but in, in today... Those that are becoming the billionaires are coming be billionaires based upon technology. In terms of not utilizing, you know, or, or bypassing the current white supremacy structure or, you know, the European-dominated, you know, trading network. Uh, you, have, you have technologies that are available. You also have entire nations that are deciding to go against. Right now you see in the news, you know, Russia and China making a, a pact to where they're not going to use the dollar for their particular trade with one another. Uh, India. India is, is definitely picking up steam in terms of its economy, its productivity as a nation. You're going to see the same thing coming out of Brazil. Brazil has one of the largest populations of melanated people on the planet Earth. I believe they are second or even first to Nigeria. 60 million? That's right. It'll make no sense. And this is family. This is the Portuguese. Okay, these are the children of the Moors. All right, these are your Crusaders. These brother, the Portuguese were raised. They were they were raised from fallen humanity by the Moors in the Iberian Peninsula. Let's okay. So the influence that they brought over to Brazil has to be studied. We have to do more knowledge to it. What is the, you know what I mean? Like, what does that draw back into? So, that's right. Going into Brazil with the knowledge of the ancestors, with the knowledge of antiquity, with the knowledge of who both the Portuguese are and those aboriginals over there in Brazil will empower you to have a conversation that they're waiting for. You think they don't know? You think that those <laughs> brothers and sisters who were free over there? They created the maroon societies that were fighting back. They didn't know. They don't know that they more. They, they can't identify. Like, the only person that's asleep, you think Cuba, you, you, you have to pull up the excerpts of, of, of Castro talking about the Moors to the Cubans. Like, this is not a secret around the world. All right? This is not a secret. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is something that's Absolutely. well known. So, you know. In, in the modern context, you know, you were talking about the Silk Road, you know. The Silk Road just represents a globalization. It just represents, you know, as opposed to I don't know what's going on over there and they don't know what's going on over here, you know, we're able to have access to one another, you know, more directly, quickly. So the Silk Road, again, is just a global peer-to-peer -peer network. Today, it's referred to as the Internet, as Brother Free was pointing out. You know, today, I'm able to communicate with you brothers via the Internet, you know, as if I was talking to you face-to-face. -to -face. 
You know, I can I can ring you up right now on the phone, and it's as if there's no distance between us. So, again, as opposed to having fear, our people should embrace technology. They should realize that these are the geniuses and the talents that man has within. You know, when man is, is glorifying and worshiping his creator, one of the best ways that he can do that is by demonstrating that genius, by demonstrating that talent. And that's what you see coming out of Brazil. That's what you see coming out of Africa. That's what you see coming out of America. You know, our people are no slouch. You know, there's a reason why even currently we are, the, we are one of the dominant factors, uh, including our culture. You know, we love to rock with the concept of the B-boys. You know, and yes, uh, we're, we're definitely associating that with the hip-hop culture, which is influencing the entire earth, which is driving the economy in America, which is driving you know, the trends in, on the planet. You know, again, coming out of India, uh, these individuals are no slouch. You know, some of these people are some of the most genius people when it comes to health. You know, when it comes to technology and science. Uh, also, you know, these, these, these China is is essentially, you know, the mirror of the United States. You know, when it comes to, you know, the big corporations that we have here in America that we understand to be the dominant force. You know, they say Apple, for example, has the has has so much money, they're generating so much finance, it's the equivalent of Russia. You know, a lot of people have that conversation, you know, I'm sure Brother Free can kind of get into that, you know, in a little more detail, but this concept that, you know, America is a corporation, you know, don't get caught. You there? Yeah, the brother's line just got caught, got cut again. Uh, That's perfect, man. He just, uh, he handed it off to me anyway. So, yeah, yes, he like, did. right. So, you know, America as a corporation, right, is probably the reason why most people are scared of technology and, and the so to speak, because we hear of the surveillance. Right. Should, we, should, should we preface it and say the U.S. dot United States is a corporation? Right. Because the landmass so is one the, thing. Right. right. But what they overlaid over that with the District of Columbia, you know what I'm saying, and making everybody a federal citizen, you know, and that being monetized through the Social Security number and the birth certificate and all that other stuff like that. I get why everyone's scared of technology, because it is being used against you. But however you can use it to fight back, the same way he's using the sword of technology against you, you can use the sword of technology to defend yourself. And provide for yourself. So, you know, like I said, we pushing this technology as the answer. We're not we're not dealing with the religious stuff too much. We're not dealing with all of the other stuff too much. We're just pushing the, you know, the technology, man. And the technology is Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? And bit not not specifically just Bitcoin, but the blockchain, which runs Bitcoin, you know, and what that and what that all entails, you know. Like the fact that I can have a peer-to-peer network where, you know, trust and all of that stuff isn't necessarily needed because the computer algorithm already figures that in and deals with it for you, you know. And when you speaking, when we're speaking about China and Russia, 
and Brazil, all of these, all these countries are using Bitcoin right now. You know what I mean? Like, and they all have their own kind of coin. I mean, Ecuador just signed on to have its uh cur- its national currency being backed by a digital currency. We have the Lakota Nation in, here in the, in America that has the Maza coin. So you see what I'm saying? All these different nations are are dealing with the digital currency as their liberation. They're freeing themselves from the inter, from the International Monetary Fund, from the Federal Reserve Bank, from the Bank of London. You know, all of these different banks that that basically control the world through finance and technology. So, I mean, you know, where you want to go from here, you know, y'all y'all lead it. You there? Yeah. Yes, yeah. We are. Yes, we are. Yeah. I want to um, build with you about a practical, if you can, some of the practical uses for Bitcoin that brothers and sisters can use to economically empower ourselves. No doubt, no doubt. All right. So the first thing you can do to empower yourself, right, using this technology is you can open up a wallet. And essentially what you do when you open that wallet is you open up a bank. And when you open up that bank, start putting Mm -hmm. your savings there. And simply just start pulling your savings from out of Wells Fargo, from out of Chase, from out of Bank of America, you know what I'm saying? Like, get your money out of there. That's the first thing. That's the easiest thing I could tell anybody right now. Because I mean, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sell anybody like a financial pyramid scheme, anything like that. Like, I'm just saying, like, all you have to do is open up a wallet. It's free. You download. It. The most secure wallet I, I consider for everyone to get is called Bitcore, which is the developer's wallet but it's also the most secure wallet because you're able to take it offline and you're not able to, and you don't store it with other people. Cause that's the problem we have today in the world is centralization. And we're trying to decentralize, you know, as much as possible because when we find everywhere, we find centralization, we find corruption and all the other stuff. So if you're looking to empower yourself, like I said, with this technology, start moving your savings over to Bitcoin. Now, if that's not plausible for you, you know what I'm saying? I would say only use 10 to 1% of your earnings or whatever and start putting that over in Bitcoin. And just see what happens with it. See how many things you can, different things you can buy with it. See how you can run your business with it. You know, try to di- experiment with all the different things because Bitcoin as a technology is still in the experimental phase. So it means that there's a lot of room for it to grow. And that means there's a lot of room for us to grow and express ourselves through this technology. You know, and like I said, with our organization, we strive to teach people how to do this. And, you know, all they have to do is uh, go to our Facebook, which is... um, the Moabit Association group, Circle of Peers. And in there, we have courses, free courses. 
on what Bitcoin's about. And then we have an open thread where people can just talk freely about, you know, current digital currency or things that interest them, just their businesses, you know. And then we refer back to that and we say, well, look how the digital currency could help you boost that. And look how it could help save on your credit card transaction or help save on your PayPal transaction. Because, I mean, pay, PayPal and all of those other different outlets, even though PayPal has linked up with Bitcoin somewhat, it's still, you know, unless you're using Bitcoin, you're not going to be dealing with the pay, uh, the Bitcoin side of PayPal. You're still going to be using dealing with the USD side, you know. So, I mean, and find places that you can live for Bitcoin. I mean, think all these things are available now uh, through uh, programs like, no, websites like Airbnb. Y'all ever heard of yeah. that? Right. Of course. You can go on there, rent you a spot for a month or however long, you know, and bam. You could rent a castle. You do it in Bitcoin. You could rent a castle on Airbnb. I'm glad that you did mention Airbnb. Um, one thing that I've come across, this is a two-part question. One thing that I've come across that opened up my eyes and really put a smile on my face is when I began studying share economies and peer-to-peer economies and the brother D. Miller L. in his publication, the uh, I believe it was volume three of the Electrified Age of Volume 2, he spoke about the... Um, the share economy and the fact that companies such as Airbnb and Uber are using a business model. Now, for the family that's out there that not, might not be familiar with what I'm saying, well, go ahead and go to Google, okay, because we're, we're speaking about terms that I really encourage you to follow up on because there are new economies that exist, and your economy might be, you know, the old model that has been proven to be, you know, it's being phased out, all right? The disruption that you're seeing in all industries are phasing out old models, old business models that really don't work. And those people in the world, all of those new billionaires that you're reading about or new millionaires, they're becoming these new uh, wealth holders because they're using new business models. That's all, that's all it is, is a business model. If you, are, if you can incorporate a new business model into what it is that you do to upgrade it or what it is that you want to do, you have an idea, if you can apply it, if you can build it around a business model, you can win in this new economy. So what the share economy simply is, is everything that the conscious community, everything that these organizations, everything that quote-unquote black progressive people said that they want out of life. That is to be able to work with their brothers and their sisters economically to be in a better position. So what does Airbnb do? I have a room, I have a house with five rooms, and I only occupy two rooms. This new economy is saying that instead of sitting around and letting those three rooms go unused or you know, storing, you know, using it to store clutter and other things that are not useful. There's no economic value in it. What I'm going to do is create an Airbnb, a bed and breakfast. I'm going to cut out the middleman. I'm going to disrupt the hotel industry, and I'm going to become the industry now because I'm going to rent out those three rooms 
to anybody who hits me up online and, 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 and you know, they qualify, you know what I'm saying, they have the money, right? Me and you get to build with each other. You know, there's a trust factor. Trust economy is involved. And you're able to, because the trust economy is the four stars that people leave next to my name and the, and the reviews that they leave whenever they come and visit my apartment or my house. So people who are trying to, people who are, uh, are thinking about utilizing my service, they trust me because there's a trust economy. There's a trust factor. It's called those rate, rate me, the rating stars and things of that nature. That's the same thing that you see in Uber. Uber says if I have a car and I'm not using it, I'm going to turn it into a taxi. I'm going to disrupt the taxi industry. But there's a trust economy attached to that because you got to rate the driver and the driver has to rate you. So if the driver acts like the gypsy cab or the yellow cab driver curses you out, doesn't do what you ask him to do, you know, uh, uh, is a pervert, tries to hit on you, they will risk falling under a 4.6, whereas they, can, they can't drive a cab as an Uber driver. So they have to keep the trust economy. So they're part of the trust economy, so they have to keep their levels high. So that's where merit and integrity and other things are forced upon them. Who's fucking with that? And what I'm saying is we as a nation, we said that this was what we wanted. We are shade for it. We prayed for it. We invoked it and did all kind of full moon rituals for it. And it came, and we didn't even know that it was in the building. Cryptocurrency, <laughs> we said we want currency with the prophet's face on it. We don't want to look at these old white men anymore. They created a currency that you could program and you could customize. They got Kanye coins. They got Bambi coins. Everything that we ask for has been given to us. Everything. The collaborative economy is a whole other economy. That's me. That's, that means two people are working together, collaborate, not competition, not hating. Two creators are, creators are coming together to create, and they're collaborating. That's called a collaboration economy. When you go on Elance, Odesk, Fiverr, and things of that nature, people have skills. You outsource to them. You pay them $5, you pay them $10, you pay them $15, $20, collaborate with them, give them their money, they do the work for you, send it back to you, boom, job done. Not the Negro shit. I'll be done with it in a, in a few weeks. Then two years later, you're still trying to get it done. You know what I mean? And they're and they complaining about what they don't have and what they can't do. You don't go through that when you're dealing with these people in this new economy. So there's structures that are put in place where this stuff works. Uber is worth multi-billions of dollars. Airbnb is worth multi-billions of dollars. Amazon 30. is worth multi-billions, 30, to be exact. And they continue to get investors who throw billions of dollars at them because what? As I said earlier, this is not nobody winging it from the hip. This is a business model. It is proven to work. It's on paper. It's structured. The shit is like a formula. It's a business model. Learn the business models and apply them. So all of these archaic businesses that we have, all of these analog businesses, even the even the, the corporate structures of the organizations have to be revamped. 
have to be revamped. They have to be revamped, and they should. And these new economy, these new business models should be applied to all of the different organizations. Because check this out: if I'm in a nation of Islam, if I'm in a nation of gods and earth, if I'm in a Hebrew Israelite nation, if I'm in a Moorish nation, if I'm in a Kemetic Nile Valley civilization nation, each one of these nations having more than 1,000 members collectively worldwide, y'all all y'all are billionaires. Y'all playing fucking games. Excuse my Moorish Latin. Playing games because the economy is right there. You can Airbnb through your whole, through your organization. You don't even have to go outside of it. I'm coming to a different state. I need to holler. At, I'm gonna have an app. I'm gonna need to holler at a Hebrew Israelite who I want to instead of going to you know Esau or Eshu's a hotel or whatever they call them. You go to another Israelite house instead of giving the money to a hotel. You give it to your brother who has an extra room or a basement that he hooked up for you. Or if you want to get a car to move around, you give it to your brother or your sister. Then your economy, that's the share economy. It it, 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 it it takes away all kind of discrepancies that we are dealing with right now. I don't care True about indeed. you because you don't ask the guy from Airbnb, is the black woman God? Who do you pray to? Who is your organization? Niggas only do that with each other because we allow that. We allow that bottom feeder mentality to exist. You don't do that with anybody else. If anybody pick you up, they could be wearing a fez with a swastika on it. You will get in the car and go where you got to go. You might have a conversation in the car, but you ain't got nothing. You, you not, it's not going to stop you from getting in the car. So my thing is this. Why is it that we can't develop these corporations or these businesses or these LLCs based off of a business model that's a multi-billion-dollar business model, and these business models were just implemented two years, three, four years ago? These are not old models that they're utilizing. They're utilizing ancient aboriginal business models that they put new names on it. Let's get that, let's get that straight. We were doing that. We were involved in the share economy. We were involved in collaborative economy inside of Black Wall Street. We were dealing with trust economies inside of Black Wall Street and other places, Rosewood and all of these other places. We don't do that now. So that's what I'm trying to say. So what the brother's talking about, that's what we need to start looking at. You can, like, like he said, you can create your own coin like the brother said, the blockchain exists. BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, popping 10 off the chain. These countries, the Silk Road that we name, all manufacturing countries now. All, of they, all they have is factories out there. The sister came on the show from China. You go over in India, look at the label on your clothes. Look at the label. I don't care if you bought it from Walmart or Target. Look at the label. Where is it made at? It's made on a silk road. So, brothers and sisters, especially in the Moorish nation, you're doing the knowledge, you're reading about what the prophet told you, you're reading his prophecies, pontificating in other places, but you're not taking He told you what to do. He told you where to go. He told you to get on the road. He told you that you was the navigator and the merchant and you were supposed to be industrious in your endeavors and to take finances to build a nation, man. Where's that at? Mom. Where's that at? How you can't put on 
How is it that the European put on a fez and went into the Grand Orient and went into the Silk Road and got all of the stuff that he needed to build a multi-trillion dollar empire and your ass never went there? How did you not return back to the Silk Road? More. More, I got to go in. Please do. 1453. Our teachings tell us. Let Let me read a little something about this character, Jesus, bear with me. It says, uh, question 78, what were the last words Jesus uttered? It is finished. Question 79, what did he have reference to? He had reference to the end of Satan. Question 80, did Jesus say he would return to conquer him? Yes. Question 81, what was the first name of the person in whom Jesus was first reincarnated? Prophet Muhammad the Conqueror. Question 82, was Satan to be bound then? Satan was bound in part. Question 83, what was, when, excuse me, was the head of Satan taken off? 1453, Byzantine. Question 84, by whom? Muhammad. This 1453, this Silk Road, like you brothers just said something that I want to make sure you home. We're not dealing with competition. I've never been the type to want to compete. I deal with domination. Islam, I don't necessarily agree with everything that, you know, I'm going to mention a brother right now that I think uh, deserves more credit than he gets. You know, Brother King Noble. You know, this brother deals with what he refers to as black supremacy. To me, that brother and I speak the same language. I don't deal in competition. There is no competition. I deal with domination. And when we come together and we work together, and we focus on that, there is no competition. In 1453, the head of Satan was taken. What should be understood about that year is that the West was banned from the Silk Road. I'm going to repeat myself. In 1453, the West was banned from the global trade network, the same thing that they do today against countries that they disagree with. They'll put tariffs on them. They'll, they'll ostracize them. They'll make sure that they can't participate in global trade unless you want to make an enemy of the United States of America. We did something very similar to Western civilization in the year 1453. We told them, listen here, if we catch you around any of these areas, you're Dunsky. Let's, let's make sure that everyone is very clear on this. 1453, we don't deal with competition. We deal with domination. There's no reason for us to, you know, be squandering at this point, to be asking and to be begging at this point. Doing is, as Elijah Muhammad very plainly said, you need to be focused on self and kind. You know, when we talk about what it's going to take to be able to produce these things that are going to allow us to function and navigate. We are going to need to learn how to worship that creator that we, that we understand ourselves to have that relationship with. We need to bring forth that genius. We need to bring forth that talent and share it. This is one of the greatest lessons in terms of, you know, those that have some of the best character. They were willing to share. This idea of hoarding, this word of word, niggardly. We all are familiar with that word. I'm not talking N-I-G-G-E-R. To be niggardly is to be stingy. 
We don't that that's where poverty comes from. You're being stingy. We need to wise up. We need to recognize, you know, our true potential. Again, we're not talking about competing with the European. We're talking about domination. We're talking about culturally, we're talking economically. We're already in the driver's seat. We just don't own it. And as you brothers pointed out, we we have a discrepancy. There seems to be a gap. There's a gap between us actually being that and actually actualizing and realizing that we are that. We're sitting here worried about all these different people and how they're taking advantage of us, you know? The only reason they're able to take advantage is because you don't know your true worth. You don't know your true value. I think that it's a shame that it that it takes for them to kill our children. You know, before we mentioned the B word, you know, Brother Phil and I were talking about this, red pill. You know. We we Hold have, to, second, we have to give me one second. Let's do this before we continue. Let's just take a quick pause and get into this eleven eleven meditation. You know what I'm saying? This is um I'm sure something that we also uh picked up from the Silk Road you know, these mantras, these chants, this, um, you know, congealing of cultures or what have you, um, when we were definitely under the influence of the sciences. And many of these sciences we actually brought over as well. So I just want to get into this mantra so we can just um, take this information and, you know, close our eyes, become still. And, you know, they say still waters run deep. And sometimes people get a much more deeper insight into what we're saying during these times of meditation. All right? And we'll be back shortly and continue from there. Yes, sir. Is long? Indeed. Is long. All right, Emily. I'm going to get into this meditation very shortly. Um, you know the protocol. Find yourself in a dark place. Feet flat to the floor, back straight, tip of the tongue, touching the roof of your mouth, pulling your air from your abdominals. This is the Omni Padme Om mantra, dealing with the balance of the masculine and feminine principle, the jewel and the lotus. All right, family, we'll be back shortly. Oh, 
please continue. Yes, sir. Um, so I was making the point that, you know, I feel like it's, it's rather shameful uh, that, you know, it requires for us to go through, you know, a trauma before we start to, you know, deal with reality. And one of the realities that we're dealing with is the slaying of our children, the slaying of our men and women, you know, the, the slaying of our mothers, our fathers, um, you know, at the hands of people that don't care, you know, anything about us and don't necessarily value our contribution. I feel that, you know, Noble Draw Lee prepared the Moors in such a fashion. Uh, he gave us a religion. He said it's Islamism. I believe that that Islamism is displayed, you know, in the reference that I that I brought out of the 101 questions for Moors children. Um, what the Ottoman Turks had been able to do in 1453, i.e. banning the West. I believe that that is, you know, boycotting the West specifically. That is the B word that I only hear mentioned when we go through trauma, when these people are doing something that is so outrageous, so barbaric, we begin to mention this word, boycott. But this word should be mentioned even in advance. We should be proactive. You know, we shouldn't be reactive. You know, that is a, a sign of, of where one is positioned. Normally when one reacts, one is in one's lower self. They're not guiding their own motion. But when one is proactive, one is in one's higher self. This is definitely a means of determining where a person is operating from. If they are, again, operating proactively, they are operating from their higher selves. If you are reacting, you are operating from your lower self and you're being remote controlled. You might as well have a computer chip within you because, you know, your actions will be typical. Your reactions will be typical. So I think that, you know, and this even goes, you know, to those who brought up, you know, the, the Hebrew prophet Jesus. You know, the Hebrew prophet, the Hebrew book, the Bible, the basic instructions before leaving earth. The first half of that book we have in our Silk Road podcast, uh, we have a very uh, interesting, you know, demo uh, from the brother Ron Nefra-Men. And he describes, you know, I think very eloquently, you know, the nature of the of the Old Testament or at least the applicability in terms of socioeconomics. That book is about a group of people that were divided. And they will be brought together by tribal names. You know, you're the tribe of this, you're the tribe of that, you're the tribe of the other, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel. And they will make a covenant with their God, with their creator, with the creator of the, of the worlds to have a land of their own. If only they will honor the creator within, only if they will honor themselves, only if they will honor each other. I feel that, you know, our people do a lot of reading of these scriptures and they don't necessarily understand what they're reading. I'm willing to make the same charge, you know, when you point a finger, you need to be able to, you know, analyze yourself and evaluate yourself. You know, me as a Moorish American, a Muslim, I feel the same way. I feel that, you know, as you brother stated, you know, Noble Ali set us on a path, set us on the road. And somehow we've been reading this book and we don't understand what's in the book. So I hope that with this particular discourse, with this particular presentation, you know, not only are we willing to reevaluate what we've been studying, but begin to use it as a socioeconomic strategy, you know, to, to liberate ourselves and our people. Again, we want to do away. We want to take on a new business model. We want to take on a new model. 
a model that, again, is actually ancient but hasn't been utilized in some time, and it's, it's decentralized. You know, we've been talking about the Bitcoin. We've been talking about the sharing economy. That's not a centralized model. That is a decentralized model. Uber doesn't own a single car. Airbnb doesn't own a single piece of real estate. So it is not centrally controlled. There may be a central platform in which the consumer and the merchant are able to get together, but that's very similar to KTL. But you brothers wouldn't have an existence unless you were willing to share this platform. You brothers don't come on the line and just, you know, go at it for self. You brothers are sharing the platform, hence enriching us all. I'll definitely close out with that. No doubt. Indeed. I love how you, um, you know, summed that up and pointed that out. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a shared network model. And, um, you know, the family congregates utilizing blog talk as a platform. You know what I'm saying? Blog talk doesn't necessarily um, broadcast all of these separate shows, but it's a platform of which, you know, all of these shows broadcast from. So even even they're in on the model. Yes, sir. And it's civilization you know. teachings. This is this is what should be known. You know, with the, the, what they're demonstrating is nothing more than a semblance of civilization. Our people have a, have, we, you know, we own that. That's ours. I, I'll talk about an app that you know really struck me as odd, and I felt like you know this don't make no sense that we didn't create it. There's an app called Yo. Have you brothers heard of that? Yeah. Yo. That don't make no sense. Yo. How you it, it how somebody else outside of us made the yo app? Exactly. How could somebody no, do the numbers? <laughs> do the numbers? No, beyond that, how could somebody outside of eighty million of us? No, maybe eight hundred million of us. Do you know why I say that? Because everybody who owns a phone and uses it the way that, quote-unquote, they've identified black people as using it, mm-hmm. they say we are the majority by far. They've used mobile. Like, every we, we, we're known for our mobile usage. So 800 billion of us, nobody came up with that one idea. It took somebody else out of sight. Because if you're using a phone, you need to have an idea for an app. If you use any phone, you could potentially make an Instagram. It's, a, it's, it's as simple as that. Precisely. And, and the Yo app is so basic. It's super basic. Look, Snapchat is super basic. Nah, Record but hey, video they, for twenty seconds. Huh? They got they got ten year olds coding now, B. No, but we came on the show and said we came on the show and said about it a year ago the conversation really started amping up. But even before that we were introducing the concept, saying to the family, had the show and everything. Look, if you're gonna teach them any language, if you want to deal with God's language right now, you're dealing with it now because the past doesn't exist. The future's not here yet. The present is the present. Right? That's right. We're going to teach them any language. Yeah, we're going to do the metal method. We're going to do uh, 
know, the um, the Kabbalah, the Hebrew and everything. We're going to do all of this stuff, but we're going to learn Ruby Rails. We're going to learn uh, uh, Python. We're going to learn, uh, you know, all of the computing languages, CSS. Absolutely. That are all online for the free 99, part of the free economy, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing with the free economy is this. Facebook, YouTube, and Google all are in the free economy because it's free to use them. But they collect content. They're giving away content, intellectual property. Same thing that Nota Ledge does. Boom. Now, information and intelligence and knowledge is measurable, B. That's the, we're living in an era where content is king. We live in an era where information is king. There's a price tag to it. There's a valuation to it now by collecting the information. Look. So the value of what it is that you feed the digital economy, that's why nobody can ever style on I heard somebody say that was talking about money. Like I was, I heard some mere mortals mention something about money before. And I was like, you don't understand what wealth is in these days. The wealth is the stuff that you already built up and you created, the content that you created. So we live in a day and age where you could just make apps, multi-billion dollar apps, and you could do that by working in your network in a share economy, dealing with each other. Like people saying that they want to do. With another a whole app. nation of people doing what you say that you want to do, and God damn it, I, they winning because they're using it. They ain't just talking about it. They're using technology, programs, algorithms, uh, 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 code, open source code where they're just tweaking shit. They're just coming in and taking another app, tweaking it to their own liking, putting out products, creating startups. Utilizing Bitcoin, utilizing their—I mean, utilizing your own economy. So everything that we've asked for, especially as more, especially doing it—you know, doing what we do—it's all right here. You know. That's right. There's another so, app that's of interest. Indeed. It's made by some children, as the brother Free said. You know, children at the age of 10 nowadays, you know, our children are yeah. beginning to code. You know, th- yes. this is this is something that we should understand. You know what some children out of Atlanta just created in terms of an app? It's called 5.0. And it's a means for us to begin to, begin to record, you know, our interactions with the police in any given area of the country. Indeed. You know, so we can get on an app and determine if this is friendly for our people. And if it's not friendly for our people, then guess what? They don't get no money. It becomes that simple. You know, if you Mm -hmm. don't know how to act, if you don't know how to treat us, if you don't value our lives, if you don't value our contribution to society, then then we'll, we'll, we'll go to ourselves. We don't need you. If you don't know how to be civilized, you know, I'm not a separatist, but I'm not going to allow anyone to disrespect us. Indeed. And because we have a group of brothers and sisters 
who have the swords or the scimitars or the tools needed to fight that form of, you know, Roman mind state, those are the Moorish brothers and sisters that are astute with the law. Exactly. You know, and there needs to be acts developed to have everybody, you know, everybody needs to have a Moor, a Moorish lawyer on their phone, an app for it. So whenever they exactly. get into some trouble with a, with the law, ask a more.com. Hold on. So, you know, nowadays, all you have to do is come up with a solution. Your solutions now, family, are applications. Can you speak to them about the service as application? Um, you know, break that down. The S-A-A-S. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I should start with the root of it. The root of, of most applications, uh, first and foremost, it's a very, uh, you know, basic concept. It, you know, what we refer to as wisdom, you know, amongst the five percenters. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So if you know that there's a problem, if you can look outside with your eyeballs, look into the world, and you can see that there's a problem that man is suffering from, you should take that knowledge and apply it. That's what an app essentially is. It is, a, it is a means to solve a problem, to make things easier. So service as, as an application or service as a software, um, it should be understood. Software is eating the world in terms of, you know, what we can do nowadays with a piece of software. We're automating just about every process. You know, there isn't a process, you know, for the most part that can't be automated. Surely there are things that come from the individual, such as creativity. But in terms of these, you know, monotonous tasks, you know, taking out trash, you know, very basic tasks, these things are all being automated at this point. It doesn't require genius. So I feel that, as you stated very, very eloquently, our people need to start understanding we, we, we can do more than bitch. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's a reaction. What our people should be trying to do is solve those problems, which we've always done. We've always been a kind and concerned people for others. But what we haven't been doing is taking those ideas and applying them. We have many solutions for the world, you know. Mm -hmm. We should take this knowledge that we have. We should stop dealing with it just on a basic level of knowledge, you know, a bunch of information and observations. We should take this and begin to apply it. We should use wisdom. It is applicable, family. Believe me when I tell you, it's all applicable. Like the prophet says, study, study, study. Get your study on. The Moors in antiquity was wicked the way that they was, and they was able to do, you know, and, and, and introduce concepts that the world has never seen because they belong to all of the schools of knowledge. They they made it their business to participate in multiple schools of knowledge or multiple schools of discipline and thought, such as metaphysics, such as occultism, such as science, such as mathematics. You feel what I'm saying? Such as uh, uh, um, warriors. Language. Yeah, language, language. philosophy, architecture. That architecture, architecture. of Kemet. That architecture found in Kemet, the science associated, you see that being demonstrated by the Moors in their buildings there in Andalusia, etc. Remember, family, 
the pyramids are built on sand. So in in Al-Andalusia, in the mountainous regions, we built castles. That was the Moorish, that was the comedic equivalent to the pyramids. We were building that over there on that land. But it's all mathematically correct when you look at those buildings. Go and Google the Alhambra. Go and Google um, uh, Cordoba, castles in Cordoba, the mosque in Cordoba. You know what I'm saying? Google the Iberian Peninsula. Google castles in Europe or Iberian Peninsula. The Moors built all of the castles. Remember, those people regentrified the castles. How about that? Those Europeans regentrified, you know what I'm saying, what it is that we have. Get them. Facts, you know, when we when we talk about you know Andalusia, there's something known as an algorithm that is that is the basis of a lot of this wealth that's happening on the internet right now. Can you can y'all hear me? Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, red yes, line just dropped, but he'll be calling back in shortly. I'm sure. Yes, sir. But yeah, the idea of uh, mm-hmm. algorithms. Yes, that's also so something more. Absolutely, absolutely. This is this is a part of the mathematic, you know, discipline. This this has been brought forth in the common, you know, context as you know one of the biggest companies today, Google. Google would not be what it is if it wasn't for you know what it was that the Moors had established in terms of their, you know, further development of what is known as an algorithm. Surely the Europeans have taken it to another level as well. You know, and that should be respected. However, uh, the origins of, of such comes from us and our people. And we shouldn't look at Google as some form of, of, you know, something to be afraid of, something to be feared. We should realize that what it is that we present to the world, it, you know, has that amount of potential behind it. You know, we could talk about hip-hop. We could talk about any element of civilization. All, all of which is stemming from our people. So we should, we should again embrace that. We should understand that, you know, what it is that our forefathers put down, all this occultism, all of this science, all of the metaphysics. This is what it is that's giving birth to, to what becomes monetized in the future. This should be something that our children inherit. We should be teaching our children, and we should teach them to learn how to apply what it is that we're giving them. You know, what it is that our forefathers gave to us, our foremothers gave to us. Absolutely. Now, how does one go about doing that, you know what I'm saying, especially if that information is not in those children's household? You know, I was Mm -hmm. once told that the temples were all initially supposed to be schools. You know, they're not teaching this in the temple either. You know what I'm saying? There's not a bridge that's built to the um, the past marvels of the Moorish Empire, what was put in place, to look at it in a modern context in terms of, okay, well, how is that information used and applied in this modern-day context, you know, in regards to technology, you know what I'm saying, in regards to, you know, um, just the creation of institutions that disseminate this information, such as all of these universities, 
laws, you know what I'm saying, are responsible for setting up. So, you know, how does one go about properly getting this information out to the necessary channels, to the children, you know, our future, our innovators, you know, these young ones that are interfacing with the technology that are being birthed in the digital age already hardwired to get directly to it. Indeed. I think I think Red, you know, said it well. He said that, you know, what what should be understood nowadays is that the language of the future is that of, of the computer language. You know, that, that should be just as important as learning how to, you know, read in any particular written language. Uh, it should be just as important as any form of mathematics. We should understand that our people need to learn that. Second of all, uh, our people need to continue to do what they're doing. This reliance that we have on this concept known as the creator, this is what is encouraging us to do wondrous things. It always has encouraged us to do wondrous things. You know, we should have courage enough to use our imagination and not to allow someone to dampen, you know, our imaginings and what it is that we imagine that we can do. A lot of this has to do with self-confidence, brother. This isn't even about, you know, necessarily acquiring information. A lot of this has to do with one having confidence in oneself, one having knowledge of oneself, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, the spirit man, the creator man, the one that is endowed with talent, with genius. We should have courage enough to bring forth our imagination. That's how the world has been created. That's how all the worlds have been created, through a, through a man or a woman's imagination. We need to learn how to apply our imagination. We can't go from A to Z. We have to go A, B, C, D, E, F, etc. Plan your work, work your plan. If it doesn't work, that means you didn't plan good. This is this is, has very little to do with looking outside of ourselves, brother. That's what I'm trying to say right now. One doesn't need to look outside of oneself to be able to liberate themselves or liberate their people. One needs to look within. Surely develop a skill set. One of the greatest skill sets nowadays is to to have some degree of engineering behind them, you know, a computer science engineering. These are some of the people that are being paid the most. You know, you look at, you know, so certain celebrities like athletes, you know, the, 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 the star player is being paid more than the coach, you know, more than the teacher. You see that? Indeed. It's because of what they're able to demonstrate. It's because of their talent. It's because of their genius. So we need to cultivate that in our people. We need to cultivate that in our children. We need to make sure that they're aware of that creative force that's within. And when they come up with something that you're not comfortable with, you don't need to try to shut them down. You don't need to fear your own children. Our children are going to come up with concepts that will frighten us. You know, I want to I wanna put it in that context. They will frighten us. Every generation you see this, you know, as the generation becomes older, they look at the younger generation and say, oh, look at them, they're scandalous. You know, look at them and what are they doing? They're outrageous. They're out of control. But we need to allow our children to be themselves and to allow them to allow that creative force to come forth and to produce those things that maybe we don't understand at the time. Word. Right. 
They're going to do it on their own. We don't have to do anything. We are already a wealthy people. We are already, you know, a valuable people, the most valuable for that matter. Well, you come together as a nation and collectively crowdfund and you collectively invest in those children's future and in what it is that they need to do. If you don't have 10 3D machines, printers, 10 Mac, juiced up MacBooks, you know what I'm saying? Then you're, 10 heat yeah, then you're machines, a cheater. Then you're you a cheater. Have, you're a cheater. Yeah, if you don't got, come on. You're, yeah, you're not, you're not really about that life. No, you're not about the liberation of your people. You ain't about the liberation of the people. Yeah, if you're not, nah, you archaic with it right now. You're not about the advancement, not the liberation, but the advancement. I would tell them go and study Garvey and then go and study the prophet and then go and study Elijah because all of them talked about us advancing as as a culture when we embrace technology, which is ours to begin with. Let me just run this by the family. The binary code which is the language, which is the actual life, right, of all computational devices, all computational uh, programs or whatever, everything runs off of the binary, the yes and the no, the zero and the one. You're killing them. You see the Hold on. People that don't know how to identify things as theirs whenever they see it, they tell you, they put it in front of you in plain sight. You just don't see it. The binary, the origin of the binary code system is African. Come on, B. And then Asian, or and then Asiatic, or Asian or Chinese on the other side. That's we deal with binary. So whenever you go and do a divination, that's binary, a yes or a no. Throw the stones, throw the uh, throw the throw the calorie shells. It's either yes or no system. The the I Ching, the all in the one. So, huh? I said throwing the coins, and Brother Miller L., when your line dropped, he was talking about algorithms as well. Okay, algorithms being computational uh, 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 um, programs or computational language to solve problems automatically. So the Google search is an algorithm. The The... The shit on Amazon. You read this, so you may like algorithm. The the God. thing that matches you up on blackpeoplemeet.com, algorithms. Those are all algorithms. Those are written. Yo, they're selling algorithms, family. Like you could buy, they got a whole store. You could shop and just get different algorithms. They sell that. It, it's called the, the algorithms out. There you go. And the owl being, of course, Moorish owl. Anytime you see Al, even Al Bundy's Moorish. That was a joke. Nah, but. (laughs) Algorithm is Moorish. What more do you want? Talk about Moore's law, which is the law that all technology abides by, that says every 18 months, this technology will upgrade and the semiconductors will get smaller. Now you got Raspberry Pi. That's enough. Yeah, it's just good enough. It's just so much, you know. But this is the okay. conversation right now. You know, they got they yeah. got something called startup community where they're taking 
sit they're taking different parts of urban cities and whatnot and starting startup communities. These are organizations that don't look like me and you. Why are they doing that? Because they're social entrepreneurships and other things, and they're going into impoverished neighborhoods and getting the money that's allocated for your people. the engineering, mathematics, and all of those other things to advance your culture, but these people come in and get the money and do their thing. So you got to check that out. So it's time for us to establish that in our communities. We we have this organization. We're putting together the framework. We're qualified. We have quality membership and other brothers that are going to be coming on board when they hear this program and other programs. And that's what this is about. You know, we've identified a, a business model and a program and a structure that is applicable and is working in real time in your face right now. Like, go online every day, you'll see something in the billions and it's dealing with technology. That's you. That's all you. Everything inside of the computer comes from Africa, the cold pan. Anything that you find. Inside of computers or phones, anything is um, of a of a of a, a technology, a modern day technology. The, the the parts of that come from mines in either South America or the motherland. There ain't nothing else. That's that's so what you want to Investment. Yeah. So you want to know where to invest your bitcoins? You know. Mhm. Bitcoin is this. Let me let's just throw it out there. Listen, we yeah. all know that we have a problem with banking. We all know that there's a banking cartel. We all know that that's what's enslaving the world. If you want to do something about it, you're gonna study Bitcoin. Period. Period. Exactly. There, there is no other. There is no other getting around it. We don't have to dance around the subject. We have a problem on the planet. There is a dissatisfaction. And this is there are people that are well. manipulating. They are manipulating the monetary system to where exactly. they are able to receive the money and they are able to continue on with their with their barbarism, right? These wars that, that continue on and on and on and on and on. If you want to do something about that, let's, let's go on ahead and stare the issue right in the face. If you want to do something about that, then you're going to study Bitcoin. If you want to know what the applicability is, first and foremost, it's a proactive approach of dealing with that. Second of all, it's a means for us to deal with a a concept known as cooperative economics. If you're looking for a model, if you're looking for the most successful model, learn how to share. Stop hoarding. Stop being stingy. You got money. I got money. We got money. Learn how to put it. Learn how to put it in those hands of people that look like you, that people that understand what it is that you understand and are trying to yeah. do something so that we can move forward. It is not that difficult. Yeah. It is not Indeed. that difficult, and nor do you have to put yourself in harm's way. Go ahead, brother. Because I do want to add on that all of these companies that we're talking about that have these successful apps, all of these companies that we talk about that had exited, the exit, that had exits in the millions or the billions, one thing that they all had in common is the fact that they received funding either through private or public through either angel investors, venture capitalists, or they had their community crowdfund and they were able to create 
the either round A, you know, when you see round A funding was five billion, then the round B funding was twenty billion. You know what I'm saying? Like it moves up as you go through those different rounds as you prove yourself. So going through incubators and accelerator programs to get your business to that level. That's you know that's that's definitely uh Look, brothers, let's right. do this. Let's go into the, uh, let's go into these calls and you know get the consensus of the people. Let's hear it from the family. See what they yes, got to say. Let's open up these lines. Those on the line, it's time to press one. We're going to open up your line. All right. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Press one at this time. Let's go to caller from the eight five eight nine nine nine. Peace. Hey, peace, brothers. What's going on? Peace. 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 Hey, I just first of all, I want to apologize. Uh, when the call queue went went dead at six eleven, that was me. All right, so eleven is mine, six eleven is mine, and five eleven is mine, and five plus six is eleven. So I apologize for that happening to you guys. I was in deep thought about something. All right, now uh, when, when you guys start talking about uh, the Moorish dealing. Uh, I want you guys to make sure that you recognize that uh, some of us don't have an elementary understanding. I will admit that I don't. And I know where you guys are, a lot of information is out there, but I don't have it. I would like for you guys to share uh, day one knowledge of that Morris existence, all right? through the literature so that everybody that wants to be scholarly can go back and, and do some uh, research, all right? So however you guys want to put that out, just think about that because I hear you guys talking a lot of knowledge that will interest myself, but I don't know where your foundation is because I'm not familiar. Oh, well, brother, that's, yes. I would have you email me at KTL Empowerment. That's ktlempowerment at gmail.com. One thing that, I, that I've done is I've cataloged throughout the years different lectures and different presentations where I actually brought, a, brought the body of work. I'm talking about the full body of work, 600-page uh, uh, treatises on, you know, on the whole subject of history, uh, the, the, you know, the antiquity, so I have a recent demonstration that I did in Philadelphia where our brother Taj Tariq Bay opened up and then I did a four-hour presentation about the Moors in antiquity, proving beyond a reasonable doubt uh, many things dealing with the illustrious history of the Moors that's not taught in, um, you know, it's not taught in, in, in a lot of places. It's something that really, it needs to be heard. It needs to be known. So just hit me up at KTL Empowerment at Gmail. That's for anybody that's out there. When the app drops, yeah. you got the app coming out. It's going to have those features where you can find the information on many different levels. But for the family, just hit us up. I mean, you know, like I hey. said, like we were talking with the brother earlier, we are, we're, we're like a startup right now. You know what I'm saying? We're also like social entrepreneurship right now. So we have a lot right. of things available you know, a lot of contacts, you know what I'm saying, a lot of different people that we can point you to. It's a wealth of information. So, you know what I mean? Just connect with us okay. and uh, we'll take care of that. I mean, it, it would be too oh. long to go in right now, but, no, no, no. you know, 
Go listen That's to the brother's show. He does the yeah, he got the show where he talked about the podcast. Check out our brother D. Miller L's uh, blog talk show. Get some of that information. And, uh, you know, hit us up on the email and we'll send you more information. We got a 600-page book. Okay. One more thing. I, I, I have a, a, a free jewel for you guys. And you can see my phone number right there. So contact me. I don't want to put it out too over the air. But contact me. And this is a free jewel, something that's going to benefit you uh, down that app line. All right. Yeah, thanks, just, brother. Just, Indeed. Just hit me on that, and I'm going to give you that for free. That's yours. And uh, another thing, I wanted to speak on this Dame Dash video. Yeah, All let's right? talk about it. Now, every, yeah, that... everybody, work, everybody works for somebody. Dame Dash works for me. Now, Dame Dash's job is to go and create something that I want. And then when he does that, I will pay him in the form of purchasing that. So let's just keep that mindset going. Now, what he mm-hmm. was really pre- preaching was control and ownership because he's going to Indeed. control and own that content, and then he's going to bring it to me without anybody else putting up the money for him. So that's where he really was going. But Dame Dash does work for somebody. He works for his consumer, who is me. All right? Oh, of course. Tell the truth, brother. Yeah, I would agree with you and say that the cherry on top of the pie in that whole Dame Dash statement was what you just said. The other stuff, it could be, you know, debated or whatever. I understand. But the cream of it was, look, this is about ownership. I'm challenging everybody. I'm Dame Dash. I'm the one who is responsible for the guy who wrote the code. If we're talking like Stephen Jobs, who's Jay-Z with the code that he got on the culture, Dame Dash is like, yo, I'm the architect behind that. And I'm saying that you niggas are slaves right now. you got to work for yourself to be a boss. Mm-hmm. It's in stone. True. It's in stone. You feel me? And he One laid more. it out, and he did it on a platform that's the most popular for walking dead Negroes and people of other persuasions, of course, the family too. Right. But they, got, they, they, they have a huge influence over a lot of people, and I, I think that was a good demonstration. One more thing I want to share on that note is that this Mm -hmm. economy in this country and working within the American working within this system, it is set up for entrepreneurship. This system is set up for entrepreneurship. We haven't taken our peace as a family. Facts. Facts. Everybody comes over and takes their piece, but we haven't taken ours. And we we need a we need a we need a signal and a sign so that we can recognize our people. And that's all I wanted to share with you gentlemen uh, tonight. And I thank you and I appreciate you for bringing light to the table. Thank you, sir. And you know we appreciate thing, you. Exactly. You know one thing that the people that are coming over here have over us more than the Mexican in the wilderness of North America is that your ship is moored. You haven't traveled the seven seas. The thing about them is they came from the Grand Orient. They came from the Maghreb. They came from the Ottoman Empire. They came from the, uh, uh, the, the Iberian Peninsula and other places where the Moors ruled. So they know your history, and then they come here, see that you don't know your history. You don't know your history, and you've never been where they came from. So they get to see America both, through both set of eyes. You, if you travel, you will see the world like they see it, that the world outside of this place right here, this penal colony, 
mentally for a lot of people, physically for many others. You know what I'm saying? Remember, this was a penal colony family. This was a prison planet for the Europeans when they came over here. This was paradise for the aboriginals and indigenous of the land where gold flowed in the waters. This is the land of milk and honey. Keep that in mind. You know what I'm saying? But it was a prison planet for them, and they treated it as such. As a sense, this is when the European was a slave to the European. Do your knowledge of Slavs. They treated him worse than they treated the Moors that they had enslavement, not as slaves. It's a difference. You know. All right. Give thanks. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. All right, thank you, God. All right. Peace. Peace. Indeed. Three four seven six three seven twenty one thirty five family. Three four seven six three seven two one three five. We have three minutes remaining for the live stream. If you want to continue with us, three four seven six three seven two one three five. We're gonna go and get another caller out of the queue. Let's go to caller from the seven one three three one five seven one three caller. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Peace. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I just want to know, you guys talk about the higher self and knowledge of self. I just want to know, talk about the discipline it takes to uh, continuously adhere to that knowledge of self, that training. Talk about some components that go into uh, constantly trying to seek that higher self. Yes, sir. Uh, There's another L here. Uh, I'll say this to you, brother. I've been in business for a while. I've been in a leadership. uh, I've been in many leadership positions at this point. Uh, What I found to have been most useful, first and foremost, is identity. One must first uh, identify themselves uh, with a principle, with principle. Uh, I don't care what the job is that you have. You may have a nine to five or whatever the case may be. You may you know, work in many different fields. I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, Those that are in the Air Force, uh, they have core principles, uh, service to others before self, integrity and excellence in all they do. Those that identify the most with those values are the most successful within that organization, within that body. If you want to learn how to be more successful in the organization that you're in, you'll want to identify with those principles. If you own a business, the first thing that you're going to want to do is make sure that you establish principles in which those that you employ can follow and can find salvation, can find success. The on and on element is when one identifies with that. Everything is subject to change. If you think that on and on has to do with doing the same thing, you're dead wrong, and that's going to probably cause you to not want to continue forward. But if right. you understand that change is a reality and that what exists beyond that space and beyond that time, beyond that change is principle, then you'll be able to maintain that on and on. How, With that being said, what is a good avenue to try to discern dealing with that change? maybe a book, how did you come to adapt to change and get so well at explaining it? I know this comes with experience, but do you have any other supplements to go along with that? Yes. Use your eyes. 
I don't see time as being linear. So changes don't happen like, you know, they tell us the Big Bang and everything is random. I don't believe right. in that. What I see with my eyeballs is something that I can set my watch to. I watch a cycle over and over mm-hmm. and over again. It goes from winter to spring to summer to fall, back again. Yeah. So what what makes an individual identify as genius is someone who can set that time watch and move in accordance with. You don't need a book. There ain't, there isn't a book. You know, more than likely in that inf- more than likely that information could be wrong. If you want to use a book, it should only be just to orientate oneself to learn what it is that I've just described. Right. But you're going to have to learn how to use your own eyes. You're going to have to use, you know, awaken. That's what this is all about. Know the ledge. You you're going to have right. to awaken to what is right in front of you. The truth is all around you. It's not necessarily in a book. So you'll want to, again, look in front of you, watch the cycle. The minute that you see the cycle make a full rotation is the minute that you can now begin to apply wisdom. If you haven't seen the full cycle, you need to slow down and wait a minute. It's like double dutch. Wait a minute. Start to pace yourself with the swinging of the rope. Once you see it, once you see the opening, go in. Right. Nobody uh, can tell thing. you that. Nobody can tell you that. Go ahead. And that's one thing, like I said, watch. What am I watching? Uh, I know not the TV or anything like that. Am I watching business? That's something I learned just from the 48 Laws of Power. Do I do I watch business? What, what, what should I keep my eyes on? I know dictionaries. Like, what else should I keep my eyes on? Man. Is that... Watch yourself. Watch your own imaginings. Watch how your mind wanders. Watch how men wander to and fro. Watch how men complain. Watch how women complain. If you want to be an entrepreneur, watch them. They'll tell you what their problems are. And then you can begin to create a solution for those problems. If you you watch your own self and you watch what it is that you're harping on, what you're bitching about, you'll find... A, a angle. You'll find an opening. That's what you want to watch. Watch yourself. Watch other people. Watch them. Watch them for long enough to where you see them start one place and then come full circle. Watch them. It's, it's man that you want to watch. It's nature that you want to watch. The nature of man. Watch them. Watch yourself. Okay. Um. Do you have any type of like Instagram or anything like that? Like yes, any sir. social media accounts? Yes, sir. Uh, go on to Facebook. Uh, we have uh, something that is actually for the public in terms of uh, Brother Free actually mentioned that earlier on. Go on to Facebook, type in M as in Moab, B as in Bitcoin, A as in association, dash circle of peers. Type that in, you'll find a circle of individuals that you can study Bitcoin with. If you want to find me, type in S-U-E-X-U Miller L. You'll find me there. If you want to get to our website. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, The first one is MBA circle of peers. M as in Mary, B as in boy, A as in apple, or M as in Moab, B as in Bitcoin, A as in association. 
circle of peers. Go ahead and join that group. You can begin to study the technologies that we've been displaying. This computer science. And it's kind of it's kind of funny that I log like that I tuned in today because I, I like I'm in banking. I ain't gonna say exactly where because you know it's kind of competitive. I don't want to speak. I understand. Yeah, but I'm in banking, so it's kind of I don't know. It's interesting to listen. Mm-hmm. Trust yourself. Know that you know that you're being internally guided. Uh, we have two websites as well. Um, the the group website is M again B M B Association M as in Moab B as in Bitcoin. Just the letters M B Association dot info. Go on there. Get familiar with the website so that you can begin to understand the dynamics of this group. I have a website where you can find information, uh, basically what it is that we've gone over today. Go to MillerLConsultants.info, M-I-L-L-E-R-E-L, MillerLConsultants, all one word, .info. You'll find my ebook there. Again, it goes over everything that we've discussed tonight, including how one should begin to look at this, you know, economy of life. This concept of life is a circle. Look with your eyes. You'll see it for yourself. I mean, that was, I guess, I just want to say that was powerful, you know. It's very eloquent, as I heard someone say earlier. So thank you. Uh, also, I got one more question. Like, Brother Red Pill, uh, I hit you on Instagram. Bro, to be fair, we have to uh, get the rest of the callers in the queue. All right? Thank you. I appreciate it, though. Indeed. Thank you, brother. Peace, brother, man. All right, we're going to go to another caller. Let's go to caller from the 904-412-904-412. Caller, peace. All right, we're going to go to another caller. Let's go to caller from the 901-901-364. Caller, welcome to KTL. Peace. Okay. <laughs> Gonna go to our Skype caller, brother from the Skype, Chasrod. Hey, what's up, there? guys? Yeah. Um. Well, my question pills. Um. I the the same call that caught earlier by Dame Dash. When are you gonna have him on y'all show, Dame Dash? I have questions for that brother. I did watch that interview closely. Made more once, and I'm seeing what he's what he's always been saying and preaching to a bunch of people on that radio station that have no clue what he's trying to get at, and I can see the frustration. That's my question to y'all. Well, when are we gonna have Dame on the show? So yeah. we're working on it. Oh, yeah, still working on it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said we're right. working on it. Okay. okay. All right. Well, my my question to the guest. Um. Because he's familiar with algorithms, do you also, um, sir, you also deal with in regards to let people, um, I'm not sure if you teach or in regards to how to understand the forensics of memory of computer, like any type of algorithm. Because there's like an art to it to understand, like you know. Say what now? The, the, it's like there's an art of like say memory of, of a computer. 
and I'm not sure if he's familiar because he does talk about algorithm and other computer science stuff. I'm not sure if he's familiar that he shows people in that regard, in that area. I'm, I'm being clear. I want to repeat the question. I'm going to pass the mic to Brother Free. Free, is that clear, or would you like him to uh, re restate the question? Uh, Brother Free's line dropped. Shit. Yeah, Brother Red, did you hear him? Yeah, I heard him. Memory is uh, interesting. I- I'll just throw this out there just in terms of what I'm I'm familiar with in the art of memory. Okay. Um, memory, memory is interesting. Uh, memory, I, I deal with memory in one context, not necessarily from a technical context. Uh, I think memory is very interesting, and I think that Bitcoin is going to change the nature of how we store information. Um, we have a centralized model currently. You know, you might have a memory like a S and D chip uh, in your phone, or you might have a memory on your computer. Uh, or you be utilizing a cloud service uh, where you're storing yeah. information. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of man uh, and memory, uh, memory is associated with, you know, the personality. And normally what's stored in memory is trauma. So what mm-hmm. I know about memory is, is that, you know, one needs to, you know, look into one's memory. One needs to evaluate one's memory and even create a new one. Because memory is is that thing that we keep visiting. You know, it's like a thought. And that thought keeps reappearing, you know, over and over and over and over and over again. Maybe it's, like I said, some sort of traumatizing event. Uh, The memory that we need is of our greatness. That's the art. That's the concept. That's the science. We need to memorize our greatness so that that keeps revisiting us so that we're constantly reminded as to our identity and our purpose. Yes, and and I feel that the study of you know the technology, the STEM, the computer computing languages, and those sciences will tap into that dormant part. You know what I mean? And, and you'll see, uh, you can see us, you you'll see us in the race in light speed. You know what I mean? Like taking it in light speed paces. So, does that answer your question, caller? It's a little different from what I'm trying to really relate, but for the sake of time, to save time, I'll let y'all guys go on to the next color. But thank you for um, input in what you just said. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, my brother. Hey. All right. Okay, we are going to take the last caller for the evening. This is caller from 347. Three nine three three four seven three nine three caller, peace, my brother. Peace. This is brother Ty. Peace. Peace, Ty. Peace, bro. Peace. To the guest, how y'all brothers doing? Uh, I was really just sitting listening. I don't know too much about bitcoins. I'm a little bit familiar with it. I understand that that's kind of like the new wave, but I'm sitting just uh, meditating. There was a, a caller that came up, and he was talking about uh, what she studied, and the brother was right in there talking about going inside yourself. So the brother's still listening. I definitely say that that's right on the money. You definitely need to study yourself. And um, going to your higher self is not a um, 
you don't go there with a with a consciousness or your conscious mind. Your higher self doesn't deal with the regular conscious mind. And um it's outside of time. So, uh for that caller, you know, when you go into your higher self, it's not gonna be relative to how you see yourself in that conscious self. And remember, your that conscious self or your lower self is stuck in time. And uh your higher self is timeless. So uh, that's what I wanted to reiterate. That had came to mind. But I appreciate what the guest was offering. I'm definitely interested in learning about more about Bitcoins and all of that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Know that uh, you're definitely about to embark on something that will put you in a position of being a pioneer, uh, which is something to be very proud of. Our people have always been pioneers, and it's very good that you want to be yourself. Definitely. I appreciate uh, my brothers and sisters that uh, want to perpetuate us to reach toward our higher selves. You definitely can't be um, guided to the higher self through someone else. So you could like kind of lead a person to the door and they choose to walk through it. So I appreciate you for that. And I feel like technology is definitely one of the ways that we control through our melanin. And uh, melanin is the ability to adapt. So we need to get to it. Let's do it. We right here for you. Appreciate it. Indeed. Absolutely. Good thanks, my brother. No question. All right. Peace and love. Peace. Now, Peace. Um, I do have one question for our guests before we conclude tonight's episode. And this question was posed me to ask of you in regards to um, the money exchange, you know what I'm saying, in regards to um, businesses abroad, you know what I'm saying, in different governments and agencies, how many people have fallen in line with accepting Bitcoins as a form of currency, um, you know, and how transferable is the USD, the US dollar, Federal Reserve notes? you know, into Bitcoin or vice versa? Uh, one more time. One more one more time. I want to make sure that I answer it and not speak around it. The question basically is, um, are more governments or more corporations, you know, falling in line with accepting Bitcoins? How does the U.S. dollar transfer into bitcoins, things that you would normally buy with fiat, you know, how is it now being purchased with bitcoin in place of that fiat? Okay. Um, first thing that I should say is in terms of adoption, um, I'm going to start with, you know, the central banks when I talk about adoption. So this is uh, this is creating waves. It is absolutely a disruption to the current system. Uh, the current system is a centralized model. This model is challenging it by being a decentralized model. Uh, banks currently are having their geniuses go to these different venues. Uh, currently, there's one that's happening. It's called South by Southwest. It's a musical uh, as well as a technological venue uh, where much of new music as well as new technologies are being introduced to the public. Um, these these central banks, these banks are sending some of their people there uh, to investigate. 
not only that, um, you know, they are making public statements. Centralized banks, Israel, uh, China, Australia, the United States of America, nations in, in South America, nations in Africa, uh, nations in the Middle East, they are all uh, considering this Bitcoin and how it is that they're going to integrate it into their model. Uh, J.P. Morgan has come out and said very plainly, Bitcoin comes to eat its lunch. Uh, when we talk about merchants, uh, the merchants are expanding. They are mostly online merchants, merchants that, you know, are Internet-based. But you'll find many brick-and-mortar stores uh, that are finding value in using and accepting Bitcoin. Uh, they're doing it for very basic reasons as payments. Um, the transaction fees are low. Uh, the wait time, the amount of time that it takes for money to move from place to place is much faster uh, with Bitcoin. It's almost as fast as an email. So merchants are engaging in it. Um, they don't have to deal with certain things like certain degrees of fraud, uh, chargebacks, and the fees that are associated with that. So as a merchant becomes more adept to merch, uh, excuse me, to payments and the fees that are there associated, they begin to adopt it. Um, there are companies such as Microsoft, Dell, Overstock.com, T-Mobile. Um, different companies are beginning to accept Bitcoin. PayPal is integrating um, Bitcoin as well. The individual, you ask, you know, what is the exchange or how does that work? Uh, there are many different ways in which a person can acquire Bitcoin. The three basic ways, you can work for it meaning you can be a merchant or you can be a person who is offering labor or skills and have an individual pay you in Bitcoin. As, as Brother Free said, you need a wallet. Now you can begin to have Bitcoin and possess Bitcoin. The second way in which one can acquire Bitcoins is by buying it. There are two major ways in which you can do that. You can go to an individual like myself uh, who is aware and I will literally, you know, accept your fiat and give you Bitcoin if that's what it is that we are going to do. The second option that you have, there are exchanges that exist right now. The two largest in America are found in Georgia and Silicon Valley. Uh, in Silicon Valley, there in San Francisco, you're going to find Coinbase. That's C-O-I-N, B as in boy, A-S-E, Coinbase. It works just like PayPal. You, you, you set up your banking account with it. You're able to purchase Bitcoin for the current exchange rate. BitPay works the same way, which is out of Georgia. BitPay is actually uh, much more so for merchants uh, where you can establish a, a means with them where you can determine how much Bitcoin you want to keep. You may decide to accept Bitcoin, but you may also decide to not hold it. So you can have BitPay give you, you know, 50-50 or, you know, 90-10, or even 99-1, meaning the percentage of Bitcoin versus dollars and vice versa. They will actually exchange that, and at the close of business, each day they will deposit the dollar amount, the percentage in which you want to have in dollars, and, again, maintain your Bitcoin balance for you. So the adoption is actually moving uh, very quickly. Um, this is something that, I think that, again, is going to take the world by storm. I would say within the next decade, uh, it will be as, you know, as basic as electricity. 
You know, when you walk into a room, you expect for there to be a light switch. In the very near future, within a decade or so, you're going to expect to be able to use your Bitcoin and for all entities to accept Bitcoin. It is just the fastest way, the most secure way, uh, even anonymous for that manner or private, a means for you to exchange, you know, for goods and services utilizing Bitcoin. Absolutely. Thank you for your answer. Um, and let me just add on. Uh, and all right, you, you know how they have. If I travel to another country, they have foreign exchange departments that transfer one currency over to another currency. Mm-hmm. To your knowledge, are there any things? that um, cater to Bitcoin in that fashion as of yet? That will exchange, we'll say, like, uh, like you know, Bitcoins to yen or Bitcoins to euros and just different forms of fiat? Correct, yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, depending on the exchange that you use, most of these exchanges are Internet-based. Um, I only reference two exchanges and those exchanges are based in America. So what they're going to do is, is they're going to predominantly exchange your Bitcoins for dollars. However, there are exchanges in China. There are exchanges in Europe, um, soon to be in Africa. So what you're going to find is, is that wherever it is that you choose to have a wallet, uh, the entity in which that's producing the wallet uh, and has that exchange, they're going to be able to exchange it for the particular fiat that you have of interest. I would actually suggest if a person is actually interested in in fiat and, you know, exchanging different fiats or investing uh, in different currencies, there's, there's obviously two different ways that you can look at it now that we've introduced this concept. Uh, the very basic concept is fiat currency exchange, and that's done on the Forex, F-O-R-E-X.com. Go to Forex.com, you'll be able to invest in these different currencies, right? Essentially, all you're doing is investing in the economy itself. So if you invest in euros, you have to understand that it's always going to be in pairs. So you're going to be essentially saying, I think that the European Union or the economy there in Europe would do better than the economy there in Britain, you know, where they have the pound. Or the pound is going to do better than the dollar. Or the, or the peso is going to do, you know, better than the, the Canadian dollar. If you wish to do that with cryptocurrency, you can also do the same. There are resources uh, that allow you to actually look at and understand the different values of the cryptocurrencies that have been produced. There are something like 300 cryptocurrencies. Uh, without going too far off base uh, and, you know, maybe even confusing the listener, I want to say that in terms of cryptocurrency, there are currencies that just act as money, but then there are currencies that are actually acting as a technology. Uh, there, are, there is what is referred to as Ethereum, uh, and the currency on Ethereum, that platform is called Ethers. Yes, pun intended. <laughs> the, the, this, this concept of, of Ethers and having Ethers as a medium of exchange um, is something that, again, has more value than just a monetary one. It will allow one to 
actually participate in that particular economy in a different fashion that's more dynamic than just a dollar. So, yes, the answer to your question, absolutely. You can begin to, you know, get onto the Forex market, deal with the different currencies, gold and silver as well. You can also start to trade in the cryptocurrencies. I would suggest that our people diversify as much as possible and, and, and gain that financial literacy as soon as possible. Indeed, and with that, my brother, I want to thank you for another amazing show. I want to remind our listeners that this is part one. We have a part two coming forward. Um, yeah, please leave them with the information, pertinent information that they need to find out about the book, to find out about the association, and anything else that you want to um, leave them with, please. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, so, again, just so that everyone has it, we can be found uh, online, www.m as in Moab, B as in Bitcoin, association.info. You'll also find us on Facebook. We have free courses available to get our people up to speed. You will find us at MBA Circle of Peers. Go ahead and request access to the group. You'll be let in absolutely, uh, you know, as soon as possible. I also want to say for the next show that we have up, please tune in. Um, it is going to be along the same lines. And this next show, we're definitely going to be talking about, again, keeping it trill. We're going to expose to our people that this market uh, is in the trillions in terms of value. So we are not talking, you know, a small amount of finance uh, with regards to this cryptocurrency and the value and the potential that it has in terms of monetary value. I appreciate everybody and, and their their ability to, uh, you know, tune in tonight. Uh, I also hope that this was a value to everyone. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Peace. Indeed. Absolutely. And with that said, I want to say thank you. Uh, Brother Red, you need to leave anybody with anything? <clears throat> Yes, this show was sponsored by Kings County family. Check us out at kingscounty.bigcartel.com. That's K-I-N-G-Z as in zebra, K-O-U-N-T-Y.bigcartel.com. We are unleashing the beginning of the spring line this weekend, so thank you for your support in advance. Thank you for everybody for tuning in and engaging us in this powerful conversation that I can't wait until uh, part two. I'm going to do my research right now. And, um, you know, hopefully we uh, we help, you know what I'm saying, build that bridge and anybody that is listening tonight so we can begin that journey. It's long. Peace. Indeed. And, yeah, Houston, thanks for holler at me. I'm out here in Houston. So Houston family, hit us up at KTL Empowerment. We're going to get together with the family out here and do something monumental to Houston, Texas family. Peace. And we got Kings County on deck, so hit me up. All right. Peace. And with that said, family, peace.